everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And a reminder, this isn't a spoiler-free podcast. Not spoiler-free. Okay? Just be aware. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my elegant co-host fish hmm. yeah elegant. very nice elegant and then, i'll take it and then there was even a dramatic pause before elegant because i couldn't couldn't be sure what i was Think gonna of a say word. yeah but here we are <laughs> elegant that's it mm-hmm. so today how are you fish first of all how's it gone i'm doing well today i've had my tea some nice Spice chai. It's a beautiful day outside. A little hot, but a beautiful day. And uh, just ready. Ready to get to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are we getting to, you might ask? Season 4, Episode 5, Booze! B-O-O-O-Z. Original yeah. air date was November seventh, two thousand one. Which I've got to say, fish. How did that? How did this happen? How did they miss the mark of October thirty first when they had an episode <laughs> on October thirty? Like, what happened? Probably. I, I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but like, probably September eleventh. Is that you think? You think that's what it was? That makes sense. I mean, that's my guess, but I don't. It pushed I mean, everything when, back a week. Probably. That gives me a lot more context because this is clearly a Halloween episode that is exactly yes. one week after Halloween. Um, right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I totally buy that explanation. Um, all right. Thank you for making me instantly feel better about this episode. <laughs> um, it was directed by Stan Selfis and it was written by Julie Blumberg and Joy Gregory. And here is the episode description. After getting kicked out of organic chemistry, Ben and his lab partner, Christopher Gorham, uh-huh. drown their misery in booze. Meanwhile, Javier and Noel go to a Lionel Richie concert. The singer appears as himself. And Felicity students chastise their TA for her participation in a beauty pageant. Okay. I mean, some of that's true. Feels like all of it. I mean, they didn't actually go to the concert. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I'll have some stuff to say about that. But um, also, I like I get it, but I don't like this title. Like, at least put an E on the end of it. Like, why just B-O-O-O-Z? I think they were trying to emphasize the ghostiness of it all how would that be de-emphasized if they just properly spelled the word booze? Because, I mean, then it's just the word booze, you know? But now it's stylized, so there's a little bit more of like a boo. But there, I mean, just, you can leave the three O's. But then you just misspelled the word booze. Right. I don't know. I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like words that end in Z. Yeah. It looks weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That is my my t- hot take of the day. All right. Okay. 
It feels like Trevor wrote the title of this episode. I agree. Yes. Okay. Well, at least we've agreed on that. This is an episode title decided by the character Trevor. Yeah. Um, and I will continue to say, love Christopher Gorham. And I will have some less nice things to say about Trevor. <laughs> you know, this might be, and I'm not sure that, I'm not sure if this is a ringing endorsement. This might be my favorite Trevor episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, I can understand, like, when I was like, oh, Christopher Gorham, and I was like, super excited. And you were like, why are you so excited? If this is all you've seen him in, then yeah, I can understand not being excited. And this People. isn't even like, I have bigger problems with when he actually speaks. And <laughs> this is when he was in a yeah, coma. Yeah. I will say, first impressions, when I saw this one coming up, I was like, eh, all right, booze. And this really worked out a lot better for me in watching it than I remembered, barring the Lionel Richie gimmick. Yeah, that um, was weird. I yeah. am pretty sure that how I feel about this is how I feel how I'm going to feel at the end of this podcast too. And based on your reaction just now, I'm thinking neither of us are going to be talking ourselves into it. So I actually, there's quite a lot of stuff I really, really liked about this episode, surprisingly so for me. And that was just like the part of this where I was like, but then there's the Lionel <laughs> Richie stuff. Um, well, yeah. we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Um, and I, what I'll say is, I mean, I've said this before, like my Halloween episodes are my favorite for most shows. Now, okay. we haven't had great, you know, I mean, we had the pumpkin carving, which I really liked. But then, you know, I think we, what we didn't get one. They made a big deal out of Halloween freshman year. But did we, yes. we we definitely didn't see anything related to Halloween last year. But I don't think we did sophomore year either, did we? I think we we get three Halloween episodes. I think there were two because there was freshman year and then there was one where it was just depressing and you could hardly tell it was Halloween. And then this year, what I will say is I liked the decorations because I just like zoom right in on the decorations. Mm -hmm. And yes, this was a Halloween episode. I mean, there were costumes, there were decorations. I, I'm going to be very up on all of that. I love yeah. that. I think, I think maybe because season three was a shorter season they didn't really factor in holidays um mm. but we're gonna get them back this year i mean we're gonna get halloween we're gonna get a thanksgiving i don't know how you're gonna feel about the thanksgiving you get but it's gonna be the thanksgiving <laughs> you asked for um <laughs> is it going to be let, let me clarify that is it going to be a thanksgiving episode with and because I asked for a Thanksgiving episode, or is it actually the Thanksgiving episode I asked for? The first thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's not the it's not the Thanksgiving episode you want, but it's a Thanksgiving episode you're getting. <laughs> I'm Got pretty it. sure that's my prediction. We'll just All see. Right. We'll see. Because uh, I think when you when you say you love holiday episodes, I think I it's do. because they like sort of a little bit disregard the normal plot and they just give you like a feel good 
let's celebrate the holiday all together regardless of what drama is happening sort of episode sort of thing is that honestly it's it's less complicated than that i like the decorations and what people wear like that's mostly i like when there's a turkey for thanksgiving i like to see the nice table all like laid out um you know for you know halloween i like you know sparkly spooky things for uh christmas you got your red and green you got you know if it overlaps your menorahs you've got everything you know i just or your hanukkiahs like whatever or your christmas depending on what show you're watching yes and all your kwanzaa decorations i love the decorations i love seeing like the like table like I like tables that are made up with stuff. Like I I go out and okay, okay. This is my like guilty little no longer secret uh for the holidays. Uh I just to celebrate fall, this is what I do. I go out and I buy like three Halloween magazines. Things like Country Living or you know I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever bought Mar, like a Martha Stewart one, but like that style of thing. And I just like to look through the decorations, like how the tables are set, like the, the lighting that's done. The I just really love the look of it. So plot wise really has very little to do with anything for me. It's, it's the visual. Okay. Good to know. Well, uh your mileage may vary this year we'll just see how it goes yeah we'll see how it goes but you know this is the halloween episode we're getting nonetheless so we let's let's start with the opening shot and i have to say the opening shot floored me i loved the way they began this episode Mm. um and i think i loved it in a way that probably most people didn't notice it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, wow, when they open up. So the, the scene we open up on is that Felicity is being interviewed with uh, by Professor May for the TA position, the open TA position that we heard about for Art 10. She's having that interview right now. She's sitting down across from Professor May in front of a couple of paintings. But what I loved about it was that they are in a room that is the, the way the camera is angled for this, the camera is looking through a room full of easels and it mm-hmm. looks like a jail cell. Oh, it, I did not notice that. I, something about, I don't know, I've never really noticed this before. And I don't know if it's because I knew what they were going to do with Professor May. My initial <laughs> thought was um, Felicity is kind of in a jail right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, many more than one type of jail in her own brain but also i think there's some foreshadowing happening with professor may and just the way they shot this because there's so many ways they could do it there are just easels lined up all over the room and somehow we can see the two of them very clearly but it looks like there's bars coming down and when i looked at it a little bit more closely i was like oh my god it's easels strategically placed <laughs> all over the room it must have taken them forever to set this shot up um 
I'm gonna have to go back and look at it again now. Yeah, I mean, guys, I just go back noticed. and watch like the first second. <laughs> it's like yeah. you you miss it real quick because they zoom right in on the two characters you're supposed to be watching. So you have to like really pause the screen for a second. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed the easels and the paintings and, you know, um, I feel like every room now at the college has those big half circle windows. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least everyone in this episode does. Um, and I did really like the shot. I mean, they had this nice low lighting. I feel like they had more maybe sophisticated art around them uh, for the interview as, as opposed to what we've perhaps seen in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't even sure if it was an interview at first because all, you know, they zoom in and Felicity is just sitting there talk, trying to talk her way out of getting this job. Yeah. She's like, I don't really have a lot. Okay, I have no experience, like zero experience. And um, and this Professor May, she is something. I did not know where they were going with her. Yeah, I will say Felicity is talking herself out of an opportunity was giving me very Dr. McGrath vibes or Professor McGrath vibes in terms of like, remember how she was talking to him? She, she basically talked her way out of that seminar before she got into it. Um, in the yes. Todd Mulcahy episodes, it was, you know, if you if you squint, <laughs> you can kind of remember when yeah. that happened. And there was a thread of that here. Um, I just, fun fact, I looked up who this actress was, who plays Professor May for a minute, literally a minute. <laughs> Her name is Betty Ford, Betty with two E's. Oh. And her quick description is, Actress and model turned pro bullfighter. <gasps> I'm in love with her. Right? Yes. That is freaking amazing. Instantly in love. And if I you hope give me... she has written some sort of biography or autobiography because I want to read that. First of all, she is 96 years old, still alive. Oh, still has time. And the description of her says she was the first American woman to fight on foot in the Plaza Mexico, the world's largest bullfight arena. Holy actual hell. <laughs> I yeah, wonder if she loves scarves or flags I mean, or whatever. Um, things that wow. wave. Is that That's not your amazing? Does, doesn't it elevate the episode somehow? It does. Yes, it does. It, I mean, it makes me feel better about her character because to me, I was like, what is happening? Is she a free spirit? Is she like actually smart? Is she now I'm just like, she's a pole fighter. Yeah. And I'm just trying to see when she actually free Professor May in free that Professor arena. May. Let's see, 1954, Warner Brothers made a documentary short about her training beauty in the bowl. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, wow. I love this woman. I'm yeah. in love. Yeah. Um, she's that, a real life is, Tammy Pam. This is amazing. And the thing is, later, <laughs> I did the same thing with another actor. It won't be as big a, a reveal 
um, okay. as like a bullfighter, but like I did look someone up and I was like, I know this person. Yeah. Um, well, that's the magic yeah. of this episode. I mean, I'm telling you, I looked this up very like before I watched the episode. So I watched the whole episode colored by bullfighterness. <laughs> and I uh, that might be a reason I loved it so much. Um, I mean, yeah. But getting back to the point of this scene, yeah, Felicity doesn't think she has experience, but she's enthusiastic. So Professor May, first things first, she's like, I have a gift for you. Do you like this scarf? Because I would like to give you my scarf. Felicity. Like, I have thousands of them. Thousands. Mm -hmm. and, Fel and Felicity awkwardly accepts this gift. Because yeah. uh, what else do you do? And then um, she asks Felicity to critique a painting that they're sitting right next to. And Felicity does. She's like, well, you know, there's a warmth here, but it's also kind of derivative. And she she truly does critique it. She, she takes it down a notch in what she says. And then Professor May says, yeah, I did this one. <laughs> Felicity's like, <laughs> she's like, but I did it as a litmus test for future TAs and you passed. <laughs> he's like i don't know what just happened but i was trying so hard not to get this job and i got it anyway great yep. news um wow yep that is what happened yeah. i summed this this scene up by saying felicity gets job plus scarf <laughs> <laughs> i i you should do the episode descriptions I'm from now on like um what would make this better, but it doesn't make sense for the episode, is Felicity gets job plus scarf from Pro Bullfighter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man. Um, We're going to cut to Elena and Felicity recapping this, and Elena's like, was Professor May hitting on you? Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we get to see all the... Okay, I put <clears throat> sparkly decorations, yeah. promising, exclamation point. They're hanging up a big spider web they've you know they're decorating for a party they're gonna have a party and felicity does not think professor may was hitting on her but she did take the scarf um so yeah they are going to be joined by you know two people shortly richard first who is going to come in and um you know elena's talking talking about the party already and apparently they're going to have a costume uh, contest. And yeah. Richard thinks he's going to win. Yeah, but he can't. He won't tell them what his costume is going to be. It's a big surprise. It's a homemade thing. He's mm -hmm. been working really hard on it. He is rolling in a keg. So I guess this does remind me that last season, the the holiday we did get was weirdly enough was was Christmas because we got the trees, um, mm -hmm. the yes. trees, and then we got the party where Avery gets shot, but. And, and we got James dressed as, somebody was dressed as Santa. I don't think James was it dressed wasn't James. as Santa. I just confused that <laughs> I really with feel like... Miracle. I yeah. confused because he is wearing a Santa costume in, in Miracle. Yeah. Please yeah. scrap that from the record, but go watch <laughs> Miracle. Um, <laughs> that is, the, those are two confusing roles to mix with each other. Um, yeah. yeah, so we did get weirdly, like, they usually can only just slightly reference Hanukkah or Christmas because they're usually when school is like, it's a break. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't be at school during that time. 
but that's the one we got last year. And so this, you know, last time it was Richard carrying in a tree. This time it's Richard rolling in a keg. Yep. And then he's going to be followed by Javier, who is going to very loudly point out, your door was wide open. Mm. Seriously, people, have we learned nothing? Yeah. Nothing. Well, Richard just rolled in a keg and didn't close the door behind him is what just happened. Yeah. Nothing. And um, Javier, I enjoyed this. Um, Javier is at their apartment because he wants to teach Samuel a lesson. He is going to withhold his presence because Samuel did not remember what his costume was last year. And when Javier got fully decked out in his Carmen Miranda costume for this year, Samuel asked, isn't that what you wore last year? And, and crap what I, fan. yeah, I mean, that was it. I mean, yeah. everyone should remember what he wore last year. Felicity and Elena do not remember mm-hmm. what he wore last year. But, but his I, husband. The thing that was so ironic, like what I liked about that line was that we don't remember it either because they never showed us Halloween last year. No, we don't know. But his husband should know. Mm-hmm. And then I put this down as... Javier is there to teach Samuel a lesson, brings a succulent. Yeah, he's got a comfort plant. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Don't you trust that he holds and won't put down for the no. whole scene. Correct. Yeah. Um, like he brought no luggage or clothing. No. He didn't bring an overnight bag. <laughs> Not even like plant. some fruit from... Uh, from the costume mm-hmm. what i okay so i don't know what was going on in the background for you but the music in this episode generally for me was terrible um i don't you know i don't know because it was just a lot of it was very generic yeah it was and, generic they, I, they obviously yeah. did not have music budget for yeah this for most I mean, of the season so far really i mean yeah, but it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't like instrumental generic. It was what I call the 90s whiny rock. It's like that like nasal. That does not ring a bell as anything that I heard. I heard mostly instrumental okay. stuff. So I oh, think no. they made different this was choices like, for streaming. Yeah. I mean, it, the music in this episode was pretty bad. It was, I mean, it's like the generic version of blink 182 is kind of what i was hearing in the background yeah i don't think that we we definitely didn't get the same music which is weird because it was still generic even for what i saw but the um but i will make one note about music a little bit later with some of the ben scenes because they had this is going to be unfortunate because i was trying to figure out what instrument it was that they were featuring and if we heard different songs then you won't have an answer to that nope but that is okay um we're going to get a group hug between Javier, Elena, and Felicity. Yeah. And I put, hope it stays light. No. It's in <laughs> fact immediately going to shift to darkness. Yep. I, they, um, I, you know what? I kind of liked how they did this with Ben. It reminded me of freshman year when Ben has the acting class. Yeah. Um, I think that they were really trying to stylistically achieve what they were doing there um ben is shrouded in darkness 
but he is at an Al-Anon group and he's talking. And we're getting this from this point to the end of the episode kind of gets bookended by him telling his story to the group in this very dark look. And for some reason that worked for me. Um, I, maybe for the same reasons that it did when we saw it freshman year, but I, I think that this is like a level of storytelling that maybe I want to get in Ben's head like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe I've been wanting that you know, he's got those, these really big shifts that are happening in his life. And he's so reluctant to talk about it with the people around him, even though he does, it's, it's always like, uh, you can't laugh. Want to be a doctor. You can't laugh. I want to do this, but this is more like his innermost thoughts underneath that. Um, and I think that's warranted at this point in the season. Yeah. I, I did like it eventually by the end, I think, um it threw me off a bit because the way that he was talking to them uh the rest of the group it sounded like whatever we were going to see next uh was kind of the important thing that he was talking about he says something like you know i decided to go into pre-med and i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to do it but then something happened in chemistry class and as he's talking, you see you know, the, the scene shifts into him taking a test mm-hmm. in, in, in OCHEM. Yeah. I and guess so what's it, important for us to know as an audience is that they are going to go into telling us the story, but the story is going to take the rest of the episode to tell. So right. they are, they Which aren't. Was not clear. <laughs> yeah. They aren't like jumping right to the important thing. They're jumping to the setup for the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it took me a minute to like reorient myself because I was like, all right, he's taking this test. Is that the important thing? And then it was like, okay, he didn't do well, but are they going to change the professor's mind? Is that the important thing? And it it's like every, throughout the episode, I was asking myself, like, all right, where's the important part? And yeah. you don't get it till the very end. Yeah. But I think, um, so this part of the, the Ben stuff in this episode is so dark literally and and figuratively like the tone of it the lighting of it the music behind it is music that i noticed because a lot of times it's like this sad wind instrument um it's just very and this like solo sad instrument that's just like wow this is really um and i think they were trying to balance that out with javier and noel stuff and Richard can't get his mask off stuff. I think they were trying to balance the humor around, like this really feels like the core of this episode to me, this story that they were telling where um, you get a lot of information because not only are we getting an inside look at what's happening in Ben's brain, but we're seeing on how many levels Ben sees his relationship with his OCHEM professor um and why that why that figure is such an important figure in his life and we will get some information about trevor that for me i think is the most useful information i get about him in the whole show um and perhaps 
if we if we stopped it here with the Trevor story, I feel like there's a lot to draw from in terms of each of their relationships with their dads. Yeah. So I I I think that this this part of the episode, this this story that we're tracking is like maybe the core that they worked around as they started slotting other things in. Yeah, I definitely feel that, but they did slot in a lot of other stuff. They did. They really did. Um, but Ben is saying, like you said, like, you know, pre-med, I made the decision to do it. It's really tough. I have a lot of doubt. And then this thing happened that gave me, I guess, I guess we would say it was hope. Um, maybe yes. start to feel less doubtful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do go to that flashback. We get the, the test. We see the look on Ben's face. We don't quite know why, but he doesn't look happy as he's taking the test. Yeah, I mean, he's got it on his knee with like, you know, chicken scratch all over it. He does not look particularly happy. Mm-hmm. And we know that Ben's been working really hard, but he's having a problem with this test. And then we find out that the professor specifically told them not to worry about benzene compounds. So he didn't, and he and Trevor didn't study for that particular subject, but it was all over the test. And they're just like, this guy's a dick. Pretty much. Yeah. And then we see him still within this whole like vignette, I guess you might say, we see him talking with Felicity about it. They're lying in bed and he's like, I think I failed this test. And he's all worried yeah. about it. And she's like, you probably did. And he's like, no, I missed entire sections. You know, you know, as well as I do that they weed people out in this class. And I think I'm getting weeded out. Yep. And there's just nothing that Felicity can do, but it is a great shot of them. It's, you know, Ben's in the dark and it's um, they have great lighting because there's just sort of this one shaft of light that's kind of flowing over Felicity and Felicity's hair uh, into the room. And there is a little tension between them. You know, she's trying to be supportive and saying, you know, you didn't fail. But then she also kind of questions him. She's like, maybe you misunderstood the professor. And Ben gets defensive. He's not a complete idiot. Like, I know, you know, what he said. And this is where he says, you know, this is how, this is probably how they're trying to weed people out. And Felicity just kind of goes back to, like, how can I support you? And there's just nothing. I think that the nature of where they are, I think it does make sense how they approached that relationship for me in this episode, because think about where they are, right? We're, we're trying to get a very inside look into what's happening in Ben's world and in Ben's brain. And Felicity is being the supportive, like you would think that this show was called Ben and Felicity just happens to be this, <laughs> like the girlfriend, the way that they did this. But it does make sense knowing that Felicity just cheated on him there she's reluctantly gotten back into this relationship despite her guilt and she i think and she's so like with where with how lost she is she is a very muted version of herself in this whole beginning of season four so i think to me it makes sense that she's just like you know what i need to be there for ben and i need to just be supportive and like you know this isn't about her having like an equal voice in this relationship i think that she feels so guilty that she's just like i'm here to listen to ben 
Um, yeah. So I, I, in that, in this context of what they set up, I get, I get why we got so much from Ben. And so like, you got this, you know, yeah, <laughs> I know. Felicity <laughs> trying to, trying to be a cheerleader. Um, yeah, I don't, but I mean, I think it's probably the, the way that it's written. It, it works for Ben in that moment. Whereas her challenging him in, earlier seasons has been what works for him um so you know i uh, i i just still don't understand how she's not saying anything but all right that's this is the story we've got yeah yeah well if you're what you're looking for is challenges then you're gonna love what we get with these next two characters so sean and megan <laughs> they're doing a, nice a walk transition yeah, they're walking and talking through the streets of New York, and they're talking about bath towels. Expensive Egyptian cotton bath towels. And then this conversation is going to be interrupted by a trend spotter who sees Megan's outfit and starts taking pictures. She loves Megan's shirt. Yep. A shirt with tube socks for sleeves. Correct. And yes. the transporter is so excited about it. And then she hands Megan a release form so she can use the mm -hmm. picture she just took. And Megan's like, no, mm -mm. that's a hard no. You can't use these pictures. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, there were some interesting takeaways and moments from this particular uh, scene. So what we find out from the bath towels is that they're monogrammed and the reason that they're returning them is because Megan did not take Sean's last name <laughs> and so they are monogrammed with the wrong initials it is Megan Rotundi not Megan Blubbert so she I don't know how she's going to return monogram towels but um that's the thought and the other thing I noticed was, you know, as this photographer is taking the shots and talking to Megan, the one who jumps in is Sean. Sean's like, oh, oh, uh, Megan made, made this shirt. He made, she made it. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's the one who really gets excited. Yeah. Megan, not so much, but, but Sean's excited. And we know what happens when Sean gets excited. Yeah. He's like, there's a market for this idea. Let's yeah. make them. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's excited about it. Well, we're going to see that continue to unfold. But let's go to Art 10 first. And Fish, if you were, if I made you just fall in love with Professor May, the bullfighter in real life, um, I'm sorry, because you're never going to see her again. <laughs> <laughs> it's Colorado all over again. What? The boulder job fell through? <laughs> but well, in this you know case, I was so excited be... about Professor May. <laughs> Look, Professor May is going to be replaced by another person who I hold dear to my heart. So I'll be okay with it. Because in, in, in Art 10. She will, yeah. Yes. Because in Art 10... You know, uh, Felicity is trying to keep the students in the room when the professor's late. And there is this guy 
who is just walking out the door. He is not interested in staying in the room or whatever is up with Felicity. His name, I think, in the episode is Max. Yes. Um, but the actor's name is Wesley Jonathan. He what do I is know from, him from? Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. And I was like, where do I know this guy? And so, first of all, he is from uh, the sitcom What I Like About You with uh, Allison Bynes and Jenny Garth and Simon Rex. Huh. And he is also sweetness from Roll Bounce. Now, if you do not know what I'm talking about, go watch Roll Bounce. So neither of those things explain why I recognized him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Roll Bounce is fantastic. It is a show set in, it is a movie set in the 70s about Mm -hmm. roller skating and a roller skating competition. And I swear the outfits they put him in, I mean, his name is Sweetness. And the man never has like less than like three fourths of his torso showing. Um, I mean, he is kind of the bad guy, whatever, but Sweetness from Roll Bounce, like, Go check it out. It's, I won't say it's, you know, Oscar worthy, but go check it out. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Okay. Well, as I look through his credits, I honestly don't know why I recognize him. He's been in a lot of like bit parts and stuff. He was like a lot of one episode. Yeah. Sort of moments. I mean, what I like about you, and I think, what was it, City Eyes was his other really big one. A couple of sitcoms and then a couple of movies. I mean, he's been in a fair number of movies. Um, but I do think the role of Sweetness probably is, it's at least my favorite role. This is Bananas, because he looks so familiar to me. Yeah. And I have not seen anything. Any of the things that are on this list. We will find out. I'm I'm sure we'll figure out that there's some reason that he looks so familiar. Um I am yeah. I'm floored um at how familiar this guy looks to me. But that's okay. That he's is He's around. He's he's definitely been around. He's gotten a lot of work. And um and he's gonna be the thorn in Felicity's side because he recognizes her from the beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. He recognizes her as the one who won best evening wear. Yeah, he was doing the lighting for the pageant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, Felicity's choice is to deny. <laughs> She's like, nope, wasn't me. Never done a, I've never done a pageant. Um, deny, deny, deny. Yeah, this feels like a bad call. This, uh, I don't know. All right. Obviously, they're going to find this out. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they already know. Um, yeah. But that's okay. 
So we're going to get interrupted by Kathy Lindstrom from administration who showed in like world's most unlikely way of revealing this information. <laughs> Kathy Lindstrom interrupts the class. She's like, Hey, Felicity, can I pull you aside in front of every single person in this room and let you know, Professor May was arrested for shoplifting, like lots of scarves, lots of, <laughs> lots of hats. Uh, she's got a problem. She's been arrested, uh, but I'm going to have you run her class until I can find an actual professor to run this class. What? Yeah. What the? I mean, it's not that unknown the TAs would run class. I mean, I certainly had TAs running classes in college. I mean, didn't, I assume you did too. I had TAs running sections. Yeah. I mean, but they there was still a professor but I also the had them. I mean, maybe it was just some of the the people in economics. Um, yeah, they would definitely step in for the professors. Um, and Felicity, as normal, doesn't want to, but will reluctantly take on this new um, this new role for a while, even though she knows that no one in the class is going to listen to or respect her. And that will bear out very harshly. It seems to be forgetting that this doing this thing she doesn't want to do is solving her tuition problems. Yeah, you get paid. Yeah. Yeah. This makes and a lot of sense. Maybe this free is an housing. opportunity that's very much in line with the career path or like mm -hmm. the, the industry she wants to be in. And it's fixing her financial woes. So Felicity... Find Second a way to get girl. the confidence for this. <laughs> Just do this thing. Just do this thing. Find a way. Um, for now, we're going to skip over to our favorite part of the episode. Um, <laughs> at least mine. Javier and Noel. They are sitting in the ladies' apartment kitchen by themselves. So somehow they got into this apartment. If the door was probably wide open. Probably wide open, yeah. Um, Javier is still waiting for Samuel to call. Samuel has not called his bluff. He's like, okay, you left and you took your plant, but you didn't take any of your clothes, so surely you'll be back. Javier's <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, looking for distractions. Noel is mildly entertaining all of this, but then, <laughs> then Javier finds the distraction that he wants to distract him, which is... Lionel Richie is performing in Atlantic City. That's right. And he sees this in the newspaper that Noel is looking through, trying to find other things for Javier, like a local movie. Mm -hmm. um, and Noel, Noel is just like, no, no, no. We're not, like, there's a party here. We're not going to Atlantic City. And I just wrote down, he's going to cave. Because yeah. it's Noel. Yeah. And he has no personality right now. So we need to put something onto it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Javier is going to make this. He's going to he's going to add context and, and texture and, and scope to this situation. He's like, this isn't just about us going to see Lionel Richie, although it is about us going to see Lionel <laughs> Richie. It's also that. Do you really want to just go to a Halloween party at Felicity's place and stare at Felicity and Ben. 
And Noel's Specifically, like, stare at Felicity and Ben looking thin in their costumes. Mm -hmm. Noel says, yes, yep. I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, who is this man? The guy who was absolutely tortured by this situation in freshman year, yep. in sophomore year. And sophomore year. year. <laughs> And junior last year, year. If it, maybe we forget that last year he was especially tortured by yep. this at the end of the year. Now mm -hmm. he slept with Felicity and he's over it. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, look, I, I feel like they're trying to give us a Noel that's, look, I know where they're going with Noel. So I feel like they're, they're trying to give us a Noel that's like out of touch. <laughs> And a Noel that's I don't think I don't know, there was numb. ever a Noel that was in touch. Um, well, I feel like he's I feel like what they're trying to do is set up a Noel that's numb. Okay. All right. But I mean unfortunately fair. that leads to us getting five episodes in. <laughs> yeah. And who is this guy? He's so I I I think it's disorienting this season because both Felicity and Noel are very like body snatched versions of themselves. Like but these I think people Ben is to be too. so Yeah. At least though. Yeah. Everybody's got a different personality, but I yes. think with Ben's at least it's interesting. I like think that's a fair statement. <laughs> Felicity and Noel, it's like they're so yeah. lost or they're so uh things are so problematic that they've like become a shell of themselves yeah and it's not good tv yeah but it's probably real life so like it's interesting to discuss it with you but not interesting to watch it play out <laughs> i mean it is it does let other characters shine because, I mean, Javier is shining, and I feel like Ben is shining, and Megan and Sean, I mean, in this episode, there are some great, I don't know, great moments with other people, mm -hmm. um, but not those two in particular. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. you are correct. Yeah. And I also had really terrible music in the background of this again mm. so i mean there was a lot of bad music in mine yeah well i guess that brings us to the next scene which is in ochem and um once again they're gonna have they're gonna have this this music we obviously got different music but i'm yeah listeners who have the dvds what am I hearing? It's not a, it's, is it a clarinet? Is it a, it's a sad wind instrument, I think. Flute? N oboe? No, it wasn't an oboe. Bassoon? Um, it was just this very, like, kind of eerie, dark solo instrument. Um, yeah, I feel like the Ben plot would have stood out a lot more maybe if I'd had consistent music and it was sort of moving or it was a consistent feel something. thematic choice it, in on the DVDs said it was this, this instrument and it just kept being like, Oh, we're going back to the men's like, doo, 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 like, and, and it's dark. It, it yeah, felt very signature to me in almost 
all of his scenes until the very end. For some reason, they didn't do it. Well, I guess by the end, they were resolving it. Mm. But in the darkness, they wanted something dark. So um, we're going to get this OCHEM class where, you know, there are all these people in class. Ben and Trevor get their their tests back and they both failed. Which I did not expect because I, again, was thinking, okay, well, Ben has said something good is going to happen. I was like, well, maybe Trevor will do really badly, but Ben will get like an A because everyone didn't expect the whatever Ben Ben's benzines on the test. Um, And I didn't have that music in the background telling me that it was going to be dark. Yeah. Um, So I was just like, ooh, Ben's got a cute backpack on. Wait, they failed? Yeah. um, We see the giant red F on Ben's paper. Trevor doesn't show us his paper, but he's like, yep, same here. And then Ben gets up and he walks to the professor. Trevor's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we and everybody out. in the class stops and watches this thing transpire. Yeah, and we find out. I mean, this is the midterm. This isn't just like a test, right? Yeah. This is the midterm. This is a big deal. And Ben is very, um, he's whispery mm-hmm. and I guess assured in what he's saying in almost yeah. all of his interactions. He's very quiet, but very intent. And And for most of it, most of it, he's very respectful and he's kind of holding back, you know, his like anger or outrage. um, Until he's not. Until he's not. You know, that is an an interesting way to frame it because it's almost like a Ben that's counting to 10 under his breath as he's having these conversations. Like he's being very quiet and he's just barely got a lid on this thing. Well, um, and he also, I mean, he says, sir, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, he, and that's not something we hear a lot from Ben. And I mean, I think there are times, you know, there's a few times when he'll break from this. Um, but for the most part, I think this respectfulness is kind of what allows the professor to not completely write him off, mm-hmm. you know, actually allows him to, to, you know, have his own growth in the episode. Yeah. Um, which is obviously important to the plot. Yeah. So I, you know, this is a Ben that I, again, feel we have not seen. Yeah. You know, I think, but I think what'll be interesting to me as we talk about this, because Ben very readily at his fingertips is thinking about Hodges like his dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I want us to explore here, cause I, I don't know that I know what to make of this yet is in the ways that Ben is responding to Hodges or trying to deal with Hodges. Is that how he deals with his dad? Is that an improvement? Is that how he wanted to be when he was dealing with his dad? Like, if he knows that parallel exists, does this represent little boy Ben or growing Ben? What, what, what is this? Would, would Ben have approached his dad with any amount of sir or respect? I feel like maybe no. Yeah, I, so I was thinking the same thing um, as I was watching it and 
we can kind of track it, but you know, the stuff that he sees, the, the traits that he sees that are in his father that are also in this professor, it's a different context, mm-hmm. right? Because this guy isn't his dad. He's not supposed to love him or protect him or whatever. Um, but he's still important in Ben's life because, you know, this is the gatekeeper to his chosen profession. And he is in a position where he's supposed to be helpful, mm-hmm. um, kind of being a professor. So on the one hand, you get to take out a good part of the personal bit of it kind of away from, you know, he like Ben does get mad at certain points. um, But he's also able to, I think, kind of mostly control it and I think act in the way he knows his father would have wanted Mm -hmm. uh, in order to get the response. Yeah. Uh, that he wants out of this guy. So I think there is a bit of, it's not sort of direct manipulation, but I feel like he knows this guy, right? And and so he's trying to communicate with him in a way that he thinks will be effective. Yeah. In this, in this scene, he starts in a way that seems like it could be productive. He's like, you know, we feel like this was a little unfair. We, you, you said there weren't going to be benzene compounds on the test. There were benzene compounds all over the test. Can we retake it? Yeah. And Ben's, Ben's version is always, we would just like to retake it. And Trevor is off to the side because he has followed Ben down there just saying, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Ben is going to, you're right. Ben is consistent in his refrain of like, can we just retake this test? Yeah. He's trying Um, to be very reasonable. And the professor is, I wrote militant, but that's not what it is. I don't think he just is like very firm in his no. He's like, no, there were students who did fine on this test and it's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he goes so far as to say, look, this is the medical field. If you have a dying patient and something, you know, is wrong with them and you don't know what it is, you're just going to say, oh, well, that wasn't on the syllabus. Can I get a redo? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he, the way, I didn't pick up on this at first, but he, it does seem like uh, the professor is uh, defensive you know, he's he's basically saying, like, I'm just going to ignore this whole part about, like, the fact that I messed up, which mm-hmm. is what they're bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he really did does you, get a bit defensive. Did you come away from this thinking that he accidentally said benzene compounds were not going to be on the test and then somewhere along the line it changed? Or was he purposely I came away with out? The, I came away with it by the end with the distinct impression that he had probably had said it in class and forgotten and then put it on the test. Um, Yeah, I think that's the nicest way to interpret this guy. Honestly, I think that um, and I think that's what I'd like to think with it, too. It, It was a mistake. And then he dug his heels in. Yeah. And he had been he was. 
effectively getting called out in front of an entire classroom of people. And they were stopped only watching this transpire. And I'm trying to remember who escalated it first in this conversation. Was it, was it Trevor or was it Ben who said, we can't fail this test or I can't, was it Trevor who said I can't fail this test? Um, I, I don't know which, I think I'm, I think Trevor's the only one who said something like that. Yeah. Uh, like either God. I need yeah. this class or I can't fail this test. Um, but I don't feel like he's the one who escalated it. I feel like. Hodges said from where I'm standing, you're well on your way to failing. Yeah. But that I also feel move. like he escalated it by talking about the dying patient. Yeah. I feel like that was the initial escalation. And then, then Ben turns around and continues to escalate. Yeah, Ben's like, please, sir. He's first. He says you're being unfair, and I actually think that word choice is already an ex, um, escalation because it's not this is unfair. It's you are being just, unfair, and I then, don't think the word unfair ever works. I mean, yeah. Any any time that I hear someone say on the word unfair, I'm just like welcome to life yeah like that is never an argument for something yeah so he says that and then when hodges is clearly not budging on this he's like you're a dick <laughs> well he asks him he's like why are you why are you such a dick yeah at least it was a question you know yeah. like open-ended and it's um, about this he doesn't actually call him but he's like why are you being such a dick about this yeah and uh and the professor uh, professor is not having this yeah he, he need to put up with fails this. them both on the spot and he tells them to leave like you are out of this class like you haven't just failed this midterm you have failed the class mm -hmm. leave this room immediately let me get back to doing what i was doing yeah and we know how difficult it is to drop a class so I yeah mean, he you know and hodges you know, the way they start off Hodges, well, it's not the way they started him off. We've seen Hodges already uh, in prior episodes, but where what the arc that Hodges has to go through here, um, where they have him at the beginning of this episode, he's just very like unmovable mm -hmm. and um, resolute and willing to kind of put a jab out there if he feels attacked. Uh, but, but in a way, I also find it's very quietly cutting. Like he's, he's not super aggressive about it, but he's also, it's, it's not so much threatening as unmovable for me. Yeah. I mean, imagine being this guy, right? Mm -hmm. He actually does have to weed people out and yeah. there are going to be people every year that are, that run the gambit from being really upset from having, you know, parents who probably contact him to those who are really dedicated to, you know, being a doctor and it's like breaking their heart. You know, he he's probably gotten all different types of threats slash pleas over the years and has had to become numb to it himself. And unfortunately, he's dealing with a package deal here because Ben... Yep is from what we've seen a serious student who really really wants this who has actually seen the life or death consequences um 
that humans go through when they're in these dire situations in life and he's watched other humans fix it and he wants to be one of those people and he's he's serious about this and trevor's trevor and they're <laughs> well, trevor's the other deal. guy trevor's yeah. <laughs> the other guy right trevor's the guy who you know it's his parents who are pushing him to do it and and he'd rather you know, take a beaker to go to mug night right. than do an assignment. Yeah. You know? He's he's gonna be the guy who like says it's unfair and probably gets mad about it and all the other stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing that's gonna continue to bother me, I think, through this entire season, right? Yes. Ben with the whole everything, fine. But then he went to the EMT program over the summer mm-hmm. and he's not positioned and frankly from everything we have seen not smart enough to be a doctor in this program um why can't he just be an emt i i mean this is just gonna bug me because for all of his sincerity every time he hits a bump in the road and every time they get him over that bump with some weird manipulation of like the plot or reality i'm just gonna say to myself he could be a really good emt there's nothing wrong with that there is nothing less than about that he is saving lives he you know i just i don't know if we ever get that answer i think when he comes back in episode one and he's like what i realized is i don't want to be an emt i want to be a doctor i think that's all we get Yeah, it's never really explained because all the reasons that he would want to be in the medical profession seem to be taken care of through the EMT, like, job description. Yeah. Maybe, um, unfortunately, this is just going to be me projecting. As an EMT, you're dealing with, like, the urgency the immediate aftermath or the the current situation of trauma happening and you're just trying to keep a person alive long enough to get them to the doctors to get that person to a stable place and maybe what he wants to see is the stable place i mean from what we've seen so far is he's really good at that first part of it yeah we Um, have seen that but the thing that we saw with him and avery is that they saw he saw the emt shocker back to life so that's great and that made a huge impression on him and then three months later he sees her walking and talking he knows that she was doing like therapy like or, or rehab physical rehab um he he got a chance to see full recovery with yeah, but Avery. But he could have picked anything along that chain, right? Mm-hmm. He could have picked EMT all the way down to like um, the physical therapist at the yeah. very end. And what he chose was the only part he didn't see, right? The doctor. Yeah. Um, I honestly think this is just a plot point to make him be the foil to Felicity where she came in and pre-med and now he's pre-med. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I think that's 
all this is. Okay. Fair enough. Well, um, we're going to head from this classroom to Epstein bar. Big yep. surprise. <laughs> ben and Trevor are having some beer. Trevor's, Trevor's going to give us the only relevant backstory I think I'm ever going to get from Trevor, which is my dad's going to kill me. He's a vascular surgeon. He's the one that wants this. Yeah. And I've now started calling Trevor Trev. Oh, um, yeah. Cause I feel like it just fits him better and okay. Trev can really uh, knock him back. I mean, we see Ben sipping at the beer and Trev's just, you know, he's, he's been working on his tolerance level. Um, yeah. He's been building it. And yes. Ben, Ben is, has gone a little soft in this area. Ben is sipping the beer. Ben's mm -hmm. being very quiet. Yeah, he's just listening. I mean, we know Ben, I mean, I just put <laughs> in bar, both have daddy issues. Yeah. So Ben's got his set of daddy issues and they're different from Trev's, but you know, we get to hear a different set of issues because Which ben I think is interesting to see this side by side. Ben's not adding his thoughts in this bar in this moment, but we know enough about Ben's situation that we can see what these two side by side really look like. Trevor's like, yo, is your dad a, a doctor? He's like, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, Trevor's like, well, mine is, and he's judgmental and he thinks I can't hack it. And he thinks everybody's bad at their job, including the nurses, but he'll still sleep with them. Yeah. Sounds like a stand-up guy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I guess the way that I, the voice that I just gave to Trevor really shows you how I feel about Trevor. Um, he yeah. still sleeps with them. Um, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Trevor's dad has articulated to Trevor that Trevor should be a pathologist so he can't kill anybody. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want to put my life in this guy's hands. I mean, me neither, to be honest. And Trevor's dad <laughs> so... is like so willing to articulate his abuse out loud to the people around him that he's just like, you know what? There is no way forward for you because you, the only way that I can be proud of you is for you to follow in my footsteps, but I don't want you killing people. Okay. Yeah. So no way yeah. for you to win. Just be a pathologist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, parents, right? Parents, you know, dads. Um, <laughs> so, and all Ben, I love Ben in this. He just listens. And then he apologizes yeah, for getting them get kicked more. out. And then and then they get more beer. I I guess, you know, with these two side by side, if you think about how each of them are now relating to Hodges. So Hodges is like a, a almost one to one substitute for Trevor's dad to Trevor. <laughs> Hodges <laughs> is like, oh, so if somebody dies on the table. You're supposed to like be like, oh, it wasn't on the syllabus. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing Trevor's dad would say based on what we know about Trevor's dad from Trevor. Yeah. So he is probably directly triggered by Hodges. And mm -hmm. Ben, I think it is more nuanced with it Ben. Is. Um, he just, I, I think for Ben, it's more the point of like, this is an argument and I'm on the righteous side of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I why mean, can't you give yeah. in? Well, and it's also, this is something really important to me mm-hmm. and you're a person of power mm-hmm. and you're against me when you're supposed to be helping me. Yeah. And I just feel really, um, I mean, he uses the word and I am blanking really. I mean, he feels really helpless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this stuff is really interesting with Ben and Hodges. Um, yeah. Well, let's go back to Sean and Megan, who this is actually a bigger deal than you think it is. So Sean and Megan are getting ready for the Halloween party. They've decided to dress as JFK and Jackie Onassis. Yes, they are dressed as the Kennedys. However, Sean apparently will be doing impressions of FDR all yeah. night <laughs> instead of JFK. Um, but, yeah. you know, he's got his little entrepreneurial tingly sense up. And um, he'd, he'd like to talk to Megan about the sock shirts. He's interested to produce them. He wants this to be the next business venture and she's going to decline. She's not going to give us more information yet about why she's declining, but she's she like, gives a little, she says, I'm not selling my look. It's who I am. Yeah. And, and then, knowing where she ends up with, you know, the dresses and all that kind of stuff. This is the point at which I was like, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So she's going to give him the old hard pass. And then we're going to move our way over to the casino, which. So weird. Okay. This is Atlantic city, right? We've got all this stuff behind him. What, what music am I listening to? It's like Latin. It's Latin music. I mean, it's not quite a mariachi band, but it's like really generic. I think I would almost narrow it down to like Mexican music. Yeah, I that does not resonate for me is what I saw. But what I did like about I, I just I liked the choice of, you know, Stan Salfis, this director, liked his overhead shots, I think, in this episode, because um, mm-hmm. the the shot uh, we're going to we're going to enter the casino from overhead following a drink tray that one of the employees is carrying. And then we're gonna, and then we're gonna open up to the whole scene, which is the casino. Um, and I just, I probably should have said it right when we opened, but my note from an optimist here is just the really interesting visuals, the really cool camera angles and setups that they chose in this one. I mean, definitely starting from the beginning with like the jail of easels, but even stuff like this, you know, the the overhead shot of Felicity and Ben in bed, the overhead shot of, uh, you know, how we enter this casino. Some of this stuff really was really elegant to me. See, there we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just you that's elegant much, today, Fish. So um, I was going to say, much like your co-host. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with this. And I know we've seen Stan Salfus's name before as a director. But when I looked at the episodes that he did, it was the documentary episodes, both of them. And hmm. um, he also made really interesting choices there because they were playing with a completely different style. But the stuff that he's doing here is very different. Yeah. But I guess you go to Stan when you want 
unusual, like when you want a, a fingerprint, like of interesting shots and camera work, he's one of the people that you can go to for that. I think, I think they've got a couple directors here who can do that, but um, yeah, this was I notable. Feel, I feel like between the lighting and I feel like there, there was almost a polish and a, like a movie quality yeah. to a lot of the shots that it actually made me feel very much like kind of a, almost a Goodfellas vibe. Hmm. Like there was almost like a kind of mob vibe where it was, but like the polished version of that. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking about when people are getting shot, but the, the dark lighting, the back rooms, the like luxury side of it. Mm -hmm. Plus we're in a casino and I don't know the whole, a lot of the episode gave me that, that kind of polished mob movie vibe. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the word polished. I just was really impressed with a lot of the camera work and the choices here. And it's not the first time I've been impressed by that in this show, but I do think that when we've had these moments, we make note of them and I, um, I just love some of the stuff that he did here. And I just feel so regretful that they also made him do Lionel Richie stuff because <laughs> he like had, you know, what more st cool stuff could he have done in this episode if they hadn't been like, here's a gimmick, Lionel Richie yeah, in a bathroom. A cameo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know. And you know that Lionel Richie wasn't asking for this. It wasn't like he was a fan of the show and was like, put me on the show, right? This was somebody's, like so, like his nephew asked him to do this. Yeah. Because as we see from his face during the entire time he is on camera, he is really bored and unimpressed with what is happening. I don't it's know not if like I Almondina, like Yeah. Which he was very excited. The, yeah. He's the anti- He's anti-Almondina. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, of bio credits, it's like Lionel <laughs> Richie, the anti-Almondina. I don't know that anybody would think of him for that, but here we are. I am. Um, I don't know how often, if I if I can even ever remember a situation where a musician was brought on to sh to a show and didn't perform. I can think of a lot of shows <laughs> right. where they performed and acted. Yeah. Um, but if they were brought onto a show as themselves, they always, every time I've seen this, there was a performance first, and then maybe they got written in as an actor. Um, and I'm sure that was negotiated in the contract. Uh, with this, like they I've... were just like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've seen... He probably would have been more expensive if uh, mm -hmm. if they'd had any of his music. Um, but, I mean, I feel like I've seen it, like, pop pop stars that don't do anything. Like, Britney Spears has been in some stuff. And, um, I mean, especially, like, bigger names. As Britney don't... Spears, the musician? Um, or as another character? As another character and the so... one that I'm thinking of. I think that's that's the distinction I'm making here. If you bring somebody in and you say, I am myself, the famous singer, but yeah. I usually you see them sing or perform their instrument, and then uh, maybe they also get dialogue. Um, hmm. 
But like with this one, they set it up for you straight away. Javier and Noel are in Atlantic City. Noel's like, well, that was the worst bus ride ever. And after all this, Lionel Richie is sold out. I know. Javier is just beside himself. He's like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, So they're going to try to get some money from a scalper. uh, They want tickets from the scalper. Yeah, sorry. They're going to try to get tickets uh, from the person that Javier deems Mr. Scalper. Mm-hmm. It's Mr. $800. Yeah, it's $400 each. Yeah. Uh, Javier's like, okie doke. I guess we're going to go play slots so that we can make that money. <laughs> yes. I really did not think it was going to end the way it did. Yeah. Uh, this well, is not... and also, the, the, the plot points get a little blurry at a certain point here. Not quite yet, but. Well, we'll get there in a moment. Let's head over to the apartment party. Yeah. Lots of stuff can happen at the party. We get to see Felicity and Elena in their witches outfits, which I was a little like I I was a little disappointed by this. I mean the fact oh. that they both have the same costume. Okay. Um I was like, come on. But uh, well, Elena doesn't like Halloween and she only gets dressed up if she's going to have the same costume as somebody else, like a subway outfit, somebody sandwich shop outfit. Yeah, that's fair. But like, do something different. Okay, I hear you. Well, Felicity is telling Elena about Max uh, in Art 10, who knew about her pageant. And she's not feeling good about the kids in the class knowing about this pageant. No, she's not. But this is going to get interrupted by Richard, who is Darth Vader. Yep. He has a homemade costume with a mask. It's really a helmet. It covers his entire head. Including his neck. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's made of. Or how he got it on. on. Yeah, that's the thing I'm wondering myself. Very confused. Yeah, um, but he's going to get the eye from a a woman who's dressed as Princess Leia. And he's like, oh, this is something. And Felicity and Elena encourage him to go after Princess Leia, either because, you know, this is a great opportunity for Richard or because they just don't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah, now I I may lose some people here. I don't think I will, though. So I haven't seen Star Wars. Um, You know, I know enough about it from just like popular culture. The thing I do know is that Luke and Leia kiss and they are brother and sister. And I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers here. But, but you're going to. I'm, this is not spoiler a spoiler alert free for Star Wars. podcast. Yeah. If you, like me, have not seen Star Wars, but also don't know the plot from pop- popular culture, stop listening for like the next 30 seconds. Yeah, just skip ahead 30 seconds. Fish, go yeah. ahead with your spoiler. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Ergo. Which would mean he is also Leia's father. So this bothers me. Or half father? I don't know. How are you a half father? Well, I guess you can. You could. You can be a half brother or a half sister. Mom had sex with somebody else. That Luke's mom. 
who is also Leia's mom had two they partners. They both have the same mom, but they could have two different dads. But I don't know if that's a situation. I can't remember. I don't know because I haven't seen it. So All this I'm is either really is, problematic or minorly problematic. We don't know. I yeah. Either way, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that seems fair. Um, well, nonetheless, he's going to be pursuing this Princess Leia dressed person. Meanwhile, Megan is flirting with a guy who's dressed in a colonial attire. <laughs> and Sean's going to interrupt that. He's uh he wants to well, he wants to apologize because Megan's Megan's parents hating him and doubting him really threw him off. And so him like trying to make the tube sock shirts a thing is he's saying a direct reaction to that. Yeah, he understands how important her individuality is for her. He just needed needed something. He needed a He needed hit. a win. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but in the meantime, those 60s hats are really turning them on. Yeah, this is going to continue to be a thing with him. Apparently, we have found a new uh they don't use the word kink well what was the word we used fetish? before for them for fighting yes fetish ball that's right so we found a new fetish for them and it's going to be 60s attire yeah yeah that's gonna make sense for how we end this episode and how we dress her for the rest of the series um yeah. so although i would say i don't know that they keep her like this dolled up forever but they do for a while. Um, yeah, my question was, is it just me or is there something with her hair? Like, is she wearing a wig with the hats? Probably. I feel like it didn't quite mesh yet. Maybe there's like a reason for that later on. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could kind of make sense in this episode if it doesn't look like fully correct because it's supposed to be a costume so i think yeah. like who doesn't look fake in their halloween costume um i don't know that's the that's the thought ben yeah. is going to show up at the party with trevor they're <laughs> ben tips ben's well trevor's more than tipsy yes trevor is drunk ben has been but sipping says- his beer yeah, but he says he's drunk. Yeah. Um, and Trev's only got one thing on his mind. Keg. Where is the keg? Yeah. He would like to know where Trevor, the keg is. Trevor really breaks it down for Felicity straight away because Ben's not saying anything. Trevor's like, where is the keg? And we got kicked out of Ochem. And Felicity's yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Felicity is distracted by the second part of that, whereas trev really wanted her to focus on the first part of it locating the keg yeah and then ben's like shell-shocked you know he he can't even look at felicity as trevor saying this and she's like instantly concerned about ben and then she's just like all right uh trevor the keg is where the keg is where i told you where the keg is the first time (laughs) that's where the keg is um and trevor exits this conversation to go get to the keg yes and i have an award here for uh for trev because once he finds out where the keg is 
He then says the iconic line, let's go get lit, bro. Mm -hmm. And I am going to give that an award for the douchiest line said thus far in the series. Okay. Yep. Bearing in mind that this is still my favorite Trevor episode. I was even <laughs> accounting for that. Um, yep. Let's go back to the casino. Yeah, let's do Javier that. Javier is not winning slots. <laughs> I feel like this scene should have disturbed you. Uh, this was a weird scene. First I mean, of Javier... all, Javier is doing badly, but Noel is being like particularly, I know everything about slots, about slots. And I found yeah. him kind of annoying. Um, yeah, that's not the part I thought would bother you. It's the part where Javier is taking all of these tokens that are worth <laughs> a dollar and placing them on his mouth. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to bestow luck on them. And, you know, he's debating whether he wants to call Samuel. Meanwhile, Noel, it's beyond Noel trying to coach Javier. He's being condescending about it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, that's Noel. I guess so. It was just so annoying in this scene. Um, <laughs> and then Javier wins the jackpot. As he has given his phone to Noel and said, don't let me call Samuel. Yeah. And as Javier puts, you know, some tokens in, he then starts physically fighting with Noel over the phone. And of course, as they're fighting over the phone, then he gets the jackpot. Yeah. And then they have to collect all the coins. And let's put a pin in this and come back to why this plot confused me um, yeah. when we get to the very next scene with them. Yes. For now, let's go back to the party where Richard is flirting with Princess Leia. She wants to get a drink for him, which sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. But when he goes to take his mask off, mm -hmm. he can't. It no. is stuck. It is affixed to his head. Yes. And who is he going to go to? Elena. Elena. And he's yeah. like, my mask is stuck. I love everything about Richard trying <laughs> to get the mask off. I love it to my core. The no, the sounds Rob yeah. Benedict makes when he's trying to get the mask off his own head. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I cracked up so hard watching <laughs> his head. And it feels like a very Richard thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, my favorite moment was when, because, you know, I thought he'd go with like dish soap or something like that, like around his neck. Nope. Just stick his whole head in the freezer. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Brilliant. For now, he's just Brilliant. gone to Elena to seek help. And Felicity is just standing. I mean, she's kind of, um, I don't know. Skulking? Is that the word? I mean, she's like off to the side, just watching Trevor take and shot drink, after yeah. shot after shot. And I mean, he's look, he's getting lit. He sure is. And then she's she pans got over like a them. sort of a worried aura about her, but then she has a worried look when she turns her head and sees Ben alone in her room. So she's looking at him through the sort of glass panel door. He's sitting and, uh, on the floor alone. I mean, most... Trevor's off, oh, surrounded by people. 
middle yeah. of a party. Hey guys, yeah. remember when Ben used to be Mr. Popular? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like the antithesis of that to every degree. There's this party raging in every other room of the house and Ben sits on the floor alone in the dark in her bedroom. Yeah. Just, it's so miserable. I feel so bad for me. <laughs> like, oh my God, this man. Yeah. What is happening in his world? Ben, you need a hug, man. Um, yeah. So she's going to go to Ben. She's going to ask if he wants to talk. Um, and Ben's going to contextualize this for her straight away. He obviously has been thinking about this in these terms, but he's like, you know, in that class, I just felt like I was 10 again. I, I was right, but it didn't matter. Hodges would not admit that he was wrong, just like my dad. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oof. That is some deep stuff. And, you know, like, it's interesting that this is what he chooses to say. Because on the one hand, you can go down the road of, I need this class to be a doctor. But what he's saying in this moment is... Hodges is really reminding me of my dad right now. I mean, that's the emotional reaction, right? Yeah. That's, that's what's going on inside of him. And this probably, I mean, yeah, he's upset about the doctor thing, but this is where I'm saying, you know, it's, he's also upset because there's nothing he can do. There's someone, you know, in a position of power who was supposed to be, teaching him slash loving him and all they're doing is making his life harder and worse yeah well let's let's go back to something lighter where elena can't get richard's mask off (laughs) he can't do it she's pulling can't can't make it happen at one point she she tries to pull it so hard he just falls on the floor yeah man what a mess she's like well what if we just cut it off he's like no (laughs) no i am going to win the contest yeah i mean is it really that important that you shall now be darth vader for the rest of your life yes yes so um So we go back to Ben and Felicity, who are, once again, the opposite of the vibe that we're getting. (laughs) And Richard, Ben is just miserable. He's like, can we just, let's get some food. Let's just leave this party. Let's get food. Yep. Food. That's all I put. I put Felicity, Ben, food, question mark. Yeah. Uh, She's she's into it. She just wants to be there for Ben. And they're going to do that. But on their way out. Ben sees that Trevor is passed out on the floor and somebody at the party has decided the best way to handle that situation is to stack empty beer cans on his body. Yeah. And I think also right on him, which I think is fair because look, Ben is going to immediately go into EMT mode. Yeah. But I, and I, I know Melissa doesn't have as much experience with this, but a lot of people pass out at parties, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of people. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of rules about it. Sometimes it's, look, you pass out, you get thrown in the dumpster, 
or we're gonna put you know write a penis on your face or like this party apparently it was stacking beer cans on you but like when someone passes out at a party your immediate thought is not oh they have alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. right like i can understand him going over and maybe like pulling up an eyelid and like checking on his eyes um but like he immediately is like something serious has happened and is like ready to like go into action. Well, and when we close out of the scene, it looks like he's about to administer chest compressions. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I mean, I didn't see him take a pulse, but also I don't know that alcohol poisoning stops your heart. Uh, yeah. yeah. Look, I have absolutely nothing to add to everything that Fish said. (laughs) Consider Fish far more knowledgeable about this than I am. I will just nod my head, as I have been, and say Ben has gone into EMT mode. He has. And I also wrote next to this, this apartment is cursed. Every time they have a party, someone winds up almost dead. True story. Yeah. Yeah. What do we take away from this? Stop having parties parties here. And also lock your door. Also that. Uh, But will they ever learn? No. No. So we're going to go from here to the hospital. Turns out there was a serious problem. Ben and Felicity are in the waiting room. We find out that Trevor is actually in a coma. Wow. Uh, Uh, I mean, they say his blood alcohol level was a 0.38. I'm like, he's still alive um yeah okay. so the doctor's like you know honestly it's gonna be a minute yeah. you don't need to wait here yeah. and so they leave uh, uh, but he's very clear like if you guys hadn't called he would be dead well there you have it so that's serious but now we're gonna go to something not so serious richard is putting his head in the freezer yeah He's like, the it's cold. It'll cause shrinkage. Yeah. Elena just walks by. She's like, that's not going to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. really get to try it out that long because mm-hmm. the Princess Leia girl is going to come up and start talking to him again, at which point he must take his head out of the freezer. To have and that she's obviously trying to angle for something more. And she's trying to give him as many openings as possible to continue this conversation. And maybe maybe take his mask off and like, I don't know, not be Darth Vader for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's, she, you know, she brings the conversation around to Trevor and then it just gets awkward. And she's like, Oh, he's still not taking his mask off. <laughs> yeah. She says, Oh, it's terrible. I heard about Trev and just makes Halloween seem stupid. And Richard's just like, yeah, in his she's like all right bye and i just love i mean rob benedict really nailed like it can only be body language here that conveys a message to us as the viewer but just the way he drops his head and slumps his shoulders (laughs) when she walks away it's like oh man if i had only been able to take my mask off (laughs) ah yes um poor guy and 
It's five episodes in, and my prediction of Richard getting a girlfriend still has not come true. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go to the bathroom in Atlantic City. Yes, okay. so Javier is finally um, washing his lips because he has apparently kissed so token. many more tokens. Yeah. In fact, all of them that they won in the jackpot. And there's and he's saying we've lost it all. Lost mm-hmm. it all. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they just won it all. Well, they won a jackpot. I mean, a three dollar jackpot. I don't know how I mean clearly it wasn't eight hundred dollars worth or they would have just bought the tickets. So they were still trying to get to the eight hundred dollars. Okay. I mean, I don't know how much. Then why ever have them win up. the jackpot? Should be it's like they go from this exciting moment of all the coins coming out of the machine. They won the jackpot, and then the next we lost it all. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you just won. It's a. Uh, I think it's a lesson. Another lesson in uh, gambling's bad, and also the house always wins. And just don't put your mouth on dirty tokens. Yeah. And in addition to all that, Noel is reassuring Javier, but don't worry, like Samuel is going to call. It'll be fine. And um, Javier's like, oh, I just don't want to, Javier's coming away with like, ah, you just can't gamble. You can't, you can't try these things. Noel's Mm -hmm. being all positive. If you don't play, you can't win. Mm -hmm. But also you can't lose everything either. That's the thing. I don't know how or when they lost everything because they didn't show us that, but fine. (laughs) <laughs> so Lionel Richie is going to enter the public bathroom at this very moment. Of course he is. Because he has Wearing, no green room. No. I mean, no, like, private, separate bathroom for Lionel Richie. I mean, yeah. seriously. He's not in a penthouse suite. Yeah. What he's, the? He's just, you know, using a bathroom like all the regular peeps. <laughs> yeah, he just walked right through Atlantic City, an Atlantic City casino where he's headlining a sold out show into <laughs> a rando bathroom and wearing a fantastic him. leather jacket. He's got no security around him. Nope. He's got no assistance with clipboards around him trying to get him back on track, no. fretting about where he is and like on their radio or walkie talkies trying to convey to everybody else no he's in the he's in the west bathroom but we're gonna get him out none of that happening he's approaching the urinal yeah and this is where javier's gonna have a serious conversation with him how do we pitch this to lionel richie okay here's the deal i'm telling you some like nephew said like his face during this whole scene, like Lionel Richie did not want to be here. He didn't want to say these lines. He didn't want to be with these people. He didn't want to be in a bathroom. He, he just, he didn't want to do any of it. Listeners, picture this. Picture the pitch to Lionel Richie. Okay, so we want you to be on an episode of Felicity. You're not going to perform. In fact, we're going to tell people that they can't even get tickets to your shows because you're sold out. Correct. But- what we're going to have you do is we're going to have you have a conversation with two characters in the bathroom. So like you're going to be standing at the urinal mm-hmm. and then one of the characters is going to ask you about love and you're going to answer his question and leave. Correct. I'm telling you, this was, this was not, 
this this was not his first pick. <laughs> this this was not like his agent coming up to him being like, "Man, have I got a way for you to transition into television?" Yeah, you are going to be a triple threat. Yeah, and this is the next step. Yeah, conversation um, in no. a bathroom around a urinal about love. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he and he, I, just... I mean, and the advice that he gives, you know, so Javier yeah. goes over and is just, I mean, he's just falling over his own feet, saying, can I get your autograph? And can I also get some love advice? Because, you know, he, lyric, 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 name of song that Lionel Richie does love. Um, and he's like, you know, if if you if Lionel Richie and his woman were in a fight, like how, what does Lionel Richie do? Mm-hmm. The sold out Lionel Richie because you're sold out, so you can't yeah. perform. You're sold out, but you're in this bathroom, so you can at least tell me that the number. Of times yeah, I'm not going to ask out. you for tickets as your biggest fan. I'm yeah. instead. Hey, look, he's sold out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's not, not going to autograph Javier's chest. No. I mean, that would have been his, Javier's first choice. Yeah, that would have been. He, he would not like tickets. He would like an autograph on his chest and some love advice. Yeah, which Javier wants to write down the love advice before he gets the autograph. Does but he doesn't have, have a pen. pen. Unfortunately, Lionel Richie came to the party with everything required for the situation. He has yes. a pen. Yep. So Javier's going to take it. He's going to sniff it. Yep. And then he's, because <laughs> that usually produces interesting results. Um, unless it's one of Sean's scratch and sniff pen caps. Uh, wait, no, weren't they flavored? Thing. They were flavored pen caps. Flavored. You're right. Flavored. None of this makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> so Lionel's going to say, okay, here's what you do. Just write it yep. down. Say, yep. honey, you're right end scene yeah it is is. every time Javier's like got it end scene indeed i just thank you for your contribution it was rough it was this was a really rough scene what happened what happened i mean stan solfus who was coming up with genius camera work at every turn. And then he was like, okay, so we're setting up in a bathroom in front of this urinal. Got yeah. Lionel Richie here. Okay. Here's the script. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the script we're given. And I mean, the thing is, Lionel Richie is such a big name. And yeah. it's it's just why? Mm-hmm. That's all I have. Yeah. Just why. Guys, if I don't know. Listeners, are you really excited about Lionel Richie here? Share with us. Share, share, share with the, I don't know. I'm not like a huge Lionel Richie fan. Sure, I know some of it. Dancing dancing on the ceiling. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love Lionel Richie. He's fantastic. As a singer, he, he was not, he was not pumped for this. He was not excited. No. This is not something he did. I mean, this was like against his will. I think like someone may have been kidnapped and he was forced to do this to get them released, <laughs> but it's not someone that he really cared about that much. Was what we just watched was actually a, a hostage situation. <laughs> yes. 
But again, not of someone he cared that deeply about. It was uh, like, okay, I probably can't let this person die because it's bad PR. Yeah. So fine. Well, we're going to head from the scene we both obviously loved so much <laughs> to the loft where Sean is unboxing a whole bunch of sock shirts. Yeah, this does not seem like it's going to bode well for him when Megan walks in the door. Gasp! She's like, and... you, you can't be serious. This is personal to me. I mean, at least he doesn't lie, right? I mean, everybody in the show we know just lies all the time. He's like, nope, look, it was before we had our conversation. I'd already done it. You know me. You give me an idea. It happens. So here, this was the box of shirts. Yeah. But I think they'd really sell. Yeah. She's like, you don't get it. If you sell my look, I'm going to look like everybody else. That's not a thing I can handle. And Sean, in his most sensitive moment, is going to say... You already look like everyone else. Oof. Wow. Did he smokes. not remember earlier where she said, my look is who I am? He does mm. not remember that, you know? Yeah. But this is going to be a light bulb moment for her later on. So I guess it's a good thing he said it, but boy, was he running a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are going to head back to Art 10 where Felicity is running a critique in the class and she picks the painting of a crown. By sweetness. Yeah, by Max. Uh, she doesn't know yet whose it was. She likes it. She says so. She finds out it was Max's. She's like, oops. <laughs> um, he's like, I was inspired by you. It's your tiara. She's like, yeah. Aha. She's like, aha. All right. Well, let's move on mm -hmm. but max, are they gonna let her move on yeah max has a social message for her mm -hmm. uh the show appears to have a social message about beauty pageants max is like i was trying to represent the packaging and objectification of the feminine form because mm -hmm. you know that's how you get stuff like that's how you got this ta position what yeah he was like did you get a scholarship she's like no i got two hundred dollars and give a certificate it? from the whiz yeah i yeah get some cds what in what universe do these students <laughs> think that she got a ta position because of a beauty pageant that's not a yeah. prize they give away no this um this was a leap that they made that max ha did not have this information we had it but Max did not have this information. The link between needing the scholarship to the beauty pageant to the TA position. This mm -hmm. was a loop that they just went ahead and, and gave him. If they um, actually he, knew how she got this TA position, they'd have a much bigger problem with that. I mean, you would think, although they seem to have the maximum amount of problems. I mean, so many problems. They had a lot of problems with this. I think a lot of problems. So, but yeah. it would have been wild if they were if she had been like, uh, -uh that's actually not how I got this TA position. You see, what happened was <laughs> freshman year, yeah. I was in a relationship with my RA. 
And I still may or may not be in a relationship with him now. And he gave me the TA position because he didn't even interview anybody else. He didn't even look for other candidates. He just knew I needed a job and he kind of likes me. And so he gifted it to me. Yeah. And it was definitely not because I just slept with him. Nope. Because he said that. (laughs) (laughs) Because he did try to give me a job earlier, hoping that I would sleep with him. Yeah. But he wanted to be very clear that that that's not what was happening now. Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then this chick is smoking students. (laughs) And then this chick in the class is going to be like, you know, I I have a big problem with this beauty pageant thing too. Like, I don't want to be judgmental, but I'm going to be judgmental. Yeah, like you <laughs> you already sold out. Like you're trading on your looks. We're trying like, to fight commercialism over here. That's right. As artists, we fight commercialism. We don't sell what we make as art. Art is not a commodity. I expect <laughs> to starve. I'm going to die. an unfamous artist who never sold anything from my principles you miss beauty pageant sold out and and i don't want to have to pay with my daddy's money which i did not earn because i haven't sold anything and never will i don't want to pay to learn that lesson from you these students are too much (laughs) they are too much and pretty have... accurately representations of some college students. Yeah, it is an accurate representation of some college students, and they are ridiculous. Yes. I have the number of, you know, as somebody who's worked with a lot of like small business owners and people who thought about maybe monetizing a thing, but had this very qualm about it, but they were like struggling in life. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I do this thing, but I feel wrong about charging for it, knowing full well that I just only surround myself with people who charge for the thing they do. And I'd be like, okay, so you're supposed to not support yourself? Yeah. So it's better that nobody gets this because (laughs) you die of starvation? Okay. That seems like a better solution. You're right. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Good on you. So, so what you want is to take a nine to five job that has nothing to do with what you love so that you can eventually not have time to do the thing you love. And yeah. then nobody ever gets to experience the thing that. you love. Okay. Yeah. It's I love your plan. I, yeah. Foolproof. It's how I, you know, I face the same thing where it's like our brains are, there are actual different parts of our brain that deal with decisions related to money for profit and money for charity, mm-hmm. the completely different parts of our brain. Yeah. And because I put those two things together, I'm like, use your money so that good things happen and you can sustain yourself. Yeah. It's like people do not put those two things together. Look, I know that we're being like, equally like we're matching judge being judgmental with being judgmental and i think there's a purpose for that because this show in this scene well maybe for everything that they've shown around the beauty pageant entirely from the moment that felicity saw it in the scholarship book to even this episode well and a couple scenes later when we have elena and felicity discussing what's going on yeah like there is a judgment being made by this show about the pageant and the judgment is being made on Felicity's choice to do it. And 
they are portraying, I, I can absolutely hear these students. Like I can, I can imagine people from the, the school we went to, I can imagine people of this age, like there is an idealism, I think that is accurately represented by the discussion that's ha that's being had with this, the students, but it is very one-sided and there is absolutely no alternate take. So we're just providing that here by saying, guys, <laughs> we're not all independently wealthy and we oh, can see. afford to do hobbies for nothing. <laughs> okay. You just, you took a, a, a slightly nicer yeah, you wanted to go the nut up route and I wanted to go the okay that's nice that you're independently wealthy and you don't need to make money on anything that you do but if you do the money has to come from somewhere from somewhere yeah and you my know? version is shut up her alternative here the, you know Felicity if we just if we just ignore how she's getting some of these opportunities hmm. she is she had a major conflict with her parents. Her parents were lording, paying for school over her head, or at least her dad was. She fought for her independence. She became financially independent and she is having to find a way to make that happen. And she is being as scrappy as she can be. She's mm -hmm. got a job at Dean and DeLuca She's tried the pageant. She tried looking up scholarships. She's, you know, she's taking a TA position. She's got a stick to itiveness here. Yeah, she's taking opportunities that are coming to her in some <clears throat> questionable ways. But, <laughs> you know, she's also really trying to make this work. And what's her alternative art students dropping out of school? Mm hmm abandoning her chosen career path to become a doctor because that's what her dad wants which of these options would be more appropriate to the students in this class <laughs> i'm not even gonna ask that question yeah just meh yeah we're just giving you guys a dose of life okay our 10 <laughs> students is what we're saying so anyway um but I will say, I do think it would have been a really fun other, like, alternate version of this scene if she had told them how she really got the art test. Because that, that would have been a wild. Um, yeah. And then you see, I took a stolen scarf from yes. Professor May, and she was so enamored of me that she gave me the TA position. And she and may or may not have been hitting on me. <laughs> We're still not sure about that. Um, oh but you see, she's a klepto. So actually what's happening is the school is just taking your money and leaving you with me. Who's totally not qualified. That's probably the bigger issue here. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, if you're, yeah. if you're one of these students, I think your more accurate complaint is like, why am I being taught by a TA and not a professor? Yeah. That seems fair. Um, but they are going to work on fixing that pretty quickly, I guess. So that's okay. You know, uh, Kathy Lindstrom really made it happen. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Let's switch over to a Ben scene. We're going to get that music again with the whatever instrument it is. And hopefully not all of us me. are. Yeah. Um, ben approaches Hodges. Yeah, I... 
I mean, as much as I don't know who this Ben is, I really like him. You know, he comes up to Hodges. He is respectful, but he is honest and he is clear about his message and what he is saying. I mean, good on him for going back and doing this. Yeah, I mean, what a scene. Ben tells him that Trevor is in a coma from alcohol poisoning. He's like, you know, after you kicked us out, after we left your class, we went, we, we went drinking. Um, ben says, we came to you for help, mm-hmm. for a fair shot. Hodges is going to stay really rigid here and defense, defense, quietly defensive. He's like, you can't get back into this class. That's not what's happening here. Yeah. Ben's like, I don't care. Trevor's in a coma. Would it have been such a big deal for you to admit you were wrong? Yeah. Oof. And at the end of that, you, I mean, we leave that scene with a shot on the professor's face. Mm-hmm. And I think he does look shaken. Yeah. That's a better word. I I, I wrote Ben leaves Hodges thinks it, it wasn't just thinking. I think shaken is a good word. He he um he was thinking about it Ben got through to him. Yeah. And yeah. we don't know exactly why yet, but Ben mm-hmm. did get through to him and it's resonating. Yeah, and the other thing that I I like about the way that Ben goes about this and the way that the show treats this, you know. Ben comes up to the professor and says, you know, Trevor's in a coma. We, you know, it's alcohol poisoning. We went drinking. And, you know, it isn't this huge judgment on Trevor. Unlike the huge judgment that has been heaped on Felicity. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you know, the professor doesn't, just sort of ignore it and think, well, that's his problem. He shouldn't have been out drinking. You know, he's taking yeah. this in. And, and to be fair, like, I feel like that is something we could be wondering about Trevor, because what we've seen from him so far is he's gone to two different drinking nights, at, you know, bars and pubs, and then he's done this. And so this is most of what we know about Trevor. Trevor does appear to have a problem regardless of like this situation, but. um... But even if he didn't, even if it was just a, you know, a reaction and this is a time period and it probably still is a time period um, for those who are able to go back to college um, post COVID of just binge drinking. I mean, a lot of this stuff happened a lot. Um, And what is the role of a professor mm-hmm. as a human being? You know, I, I think yeah. that I like how they treated this and it is in very stark comparison to all the judgment that comes Felicity's way Oof. for her choices, which I yeah. don't like how they've treated 
that at all. I don't like that, especially because I think the one thing she really needs to be judged about isn't the thing that's being talked about, which is yeah. she slept with Nolan. She's lying about it. Right. That's the thing I have yeah. a problem with. Um, the these things she's doing to try to make her life work. We do things to make her life work. Ben, yeah. I think you know we're getting him approaching Hodges and. He is the correct messenger for this message to Hodges. You know, if it had been reversed, Trevor would not have been a good ambassador here. But Ben, no. Ben is, you know, is just hitting on another level. This isn't even, he's not even asking about the class anymore. He's just like, there is something much bigger at play Yeah, for me. And I think for you. And right. there was a real victim in this situation. <laughs> um I mean, it's it's almost like the care of a doctor, a medical professional. He's like, look, this is what has happened as a direct result of your actions. You should know about this for the future. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to leave with that. And, you know, now we're going to go to Epstein Bar with a Nolan Javier scene where Noel's just like, just call Samuel. <laughs> Javier's still sad. Yeah, at least he's, he's not still still holding sad his plant. He's not holding his plant. But he does want, you know, he, he's got his phone and he's going to say, this is a little harsh, he's going to say to Noel, I don't, I just don't know how you do it. How do you live without the one you love? And Noel's still like, meh, it's fine. <laughs> he, he used to it. Javier's asking excellent questions. And I think we're going to find pretty soon that Noel isn't quite as, well, I don't know if it's that soon, but we're going to find that Noel is, there is something underneath the meh of it all from Noel. Okay, good. Thank God, because I need something to be underneath <laughs> it. Um, yeah. But Javier is going to call Samuel. No, no. Samuel, as Javier is about to call. Oh. Samuel calls him. Oh, you're right. You're right. And Samuel says, I'm sorry. And then Javier's like, oh, and, you know, he's, you know, absorbing that. And he's like, oh, but but I have to tell you about what's been going on in my day. Like I went to go had this conversation with Lionel Richie. And then they start a new fight because yeah. Samuel's not believing it. He's not buying that Javier spoke to Lionel Richie. And is Javier going to put Noel on the phone? Is he going to go home and show him the autographed paper towel? No. Did he take a picture? I mean, why not a selfie? Why not a urinal selfie? Why not? With Lionel Richie. That's what I wonder. Yeah. So uh, instead, Javier, uh, you know, Javier's starting to get into it with Samuel and Noel just points to the napkin where mm -hmm. Lionel Richie's advice is scrawled out. And Javier says, OK, honey, you're right. And it works. Yep. It works perhaps a little too well um, for Noel's comfort level. Yeah. Because then Javier and Samuel start talking about leather and. Uh, yeah, they do a bit. They, they really commit yeah. to the bit. They're like, Javier, like, oh, it's just, you're so sweet. Oh, you're so bad. No, yeah. I'm allergic to leather. Well, latex is okay. But, and Noel's like, okay, stop. Stop Gotta it. Go. Go. Hang up yeah. the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really committed to that. I appreciate it. They that. did. They did. 
commitment to the bit. Well, Felicity is in bed and she's not feeling great about life. And Elena comes in trying to figure out what's up. Felicity doesn't want to be a TA. The, the students sing the theme song to Miss America every time she comes into the classroom. That's a little funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't think she's good at it. Yeah. So and Elena this, says a number like. of things. Yeah. Oh, you don't like it. Well, the part about stop apologizing for like who you are and what you have to do, that's fine. But then she says, own your mistakes. And I was like, so the beauty pageant was a mistake? I think I kind of feel like they were combining, because Elena knows more than one thing about Felicity here. Um, she has made bigger mistakes. <laughs> yeah, but yes. I don't think they're going that far. I mean, they're not at all referring to like Noel or Ben or anything. Yeah. This is all about the TA position and the beauty pageant. She says, you're not the first person to screw up on their way to figuring out who the hell they are. You're right. This says a whole bit about owning your mistakes. I think the show is making judgments about the the show, the, the choices that Felicity is making. And that is a problem yeah. that I have with the show at this point. But I also appreciate that Elena's message hits on more than one level. Um, she doesn't Whether actually... they meant to or not. Yeah, and she doesn't really take the advice on more than one level. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Um, yeah, and I wrote down right after Elena said, own your mistakes, I wrote down, she's going to show up in her gown. Which she sure does. So in the very next moment, we're going to see her in Art 10. She's wearing the evening gown. It this stops was not traffic. well thought out. Yeah, this was really not what uh, Elena meant. Perhaps you should have run this idea by someone, anyone. This could have, this did and could have backfired. So she, she's like, yep, this is my dress. I was in a pageant. Any questions? Great, let's go. I imagine that they would have had the same questions they had yesterday. Yeah, she doesn't really get into any actual real reasons she just shows up in a red dress which let's admit felicity in a red dress always a winner except right yeah. now yeah i i actually think giving them reasons is not the thing she should do like i think what you do is maybe you do the dress gimmick maybe you don't but you say you no, know what you i wasn't a pageant and you are in school to get a degree and this is a class you're taking so either drop the class yeah. Or take this class. Yeah. But I'm none of your up. business. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just um, like, okay, you're here to get an education. What's your alternative to this class? Not this class. Okay, great. If there are some of you who need to be in this class, I look forward to working with you. Mm -hmm. What the actual, um, yeah, the way to win this is not by giving personal information about yourself but also don't show up in your dress. Yeah. Especially For the if, record. <laughs> yeah, especially That's if Professor Cavallo is now going to walk in. He has been assigned to be the new professor. Nobody has told Felicity. She hasn't gotten any emails or phone calls about this. He just shows up and sees her in her attire. He's like, uh, okay, this is quite the dress code. Yeah, he walks in and is like, so is this always how you dress or did you just know it was my first day and all the kids laugh and yeah. then i am like 
now I have the ick because you told me he's creepy. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's starting here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not maybe in this particular moment, but they do but, need to know. bring Professor Cavallo back into the situation. And the detour around Professor May was how they did it. Apparently. I so. mean, why Professor Cavallo couldn't have just been the professor? I don't know. But then we wouldn't have had the moment of finding well, out the yeah. actress slash model slash bullfighter existed. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted that we had that detour. I yeah. think if Professor Cavallo had been the professor for this class to begin with and Felicity had to interview with him to get the position, I don't think she would have been her best self in that interview. Not that she was her best self in the interview with Professor May, but Professor May was so wackadoo that that's fair (laughs) she got the position even though felicity actually tanked the interview um or just undersold herself by a lot um i don't know if i don't know if professor cavallo would have would have taken her um i feel like he would have had more people trying I also feel like he would have asked for more applicants. I feel like he would have been a little more on top of the process and Professor May probably wasn't. That's fair. That's a good point. So there's all that. But okay, so now we're going to go to another classroom because Megan actually has a class. Um, Yeah. She's going to go to a class and sit down in the front and there's going to be open seats next to her. And a, a, a girl is going to sit next to her in each seat, also dressed in like full goth attire. Well, I mean, the first girl walks in and she's going to be to her left, um, but we see her to the right. And she's basically wearing the exact same outfit. She has like the brown leather skirt on. She, I mean, it's not just, Megan's style isn't, holy goth i mean it's it is a style and uh she basically has the exact same outfit on mm-hmm. um and then the other girl kind like has a similar outfit it's enough i guess to make megan think that her look isn't so much hers anymore yeah. and um, then we're gonna head over to the loft where we're gonna see megan throwing clothes down from the loft and sean sean arrives and he's confused and Megan's like I've got a new look and she comes down the stairs and she's all 60s upped. Yep. So that's the new it's her new 60s look. Sean likes it. Of course he Megan does. Megan says just don't steal it. <laughs> Which wouldn't be possible because guess what you stole it from the 60s. That's true. Yeah. So now we're going back to dark stuff. So we're going to go to the hospital. Hodges. I do like this scene. I like all these scenes with with Hodges and Ben. I think they, I think they nailed it. I think they it. did a good job with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Hodges is waiting in a chair outside Trevor's room. Um, ben arrives. Hodges tells him that Trevor's awake, but they can't go in and see him yet. Uh, Hodges says. I hear you handled the situation well. 
Mm-hmm. Ben's kind of just not talking through all this. He's just taking it in. He's just standing there. I feel like he's being open to receiving everything Hodges is saying, but he's very stoic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hodges says, I hear you handled the situation well. He says, you know, you may be right. Maybe I could have been more helpful. I might have said benzene's wouldn't be on the test. Mm-hmm. And Ben is, again, still just, like, absorbing all of this. Um, And even with these maybes, it's, like, a big gesture from Hodges that he's saying all of this. Yeah. And Hodges says, see you in class. And Ben's only response is, thank you, sir. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's the same, again, kind of respectful response mm-hmm. and and i don't know it, it just feels like ben enabled the professor to have this this growth and yeah. to actually have to to have some empathy to connect um students with his own life yeah because and just, as... just when you think this scene is over, we get context from Hodges on why he was contemplating Ben's words so much. Yeah, he walks by Ben and then he turns around and says, I have a son your age. And so it's he's clearly, you know, seeing his students as people. Mm-hmm which it doesn't seem like that's what he was doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, I, you, I got the sense that he is going to be a more positive force going forward for this. He will. Um, I, yeah, he says the bit about having a son, and there's like kind of a, almost a sadness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if what struck him more was Trevor being in the coma or Ben's approach to Hodges, you know? I think it's Trevor being in a coma. I think that as the show goes forward, uh, not that Hodges is like a huge character in the show, but I do think there's a connection between Ben and Hodges. And that Trevor will never have that connection with Hodges. So in a way, I'm not prepared to write off, like, yeah, Trevor's in the coma, but I think something about Ben's sort of resolute approach to Hodges. I think maybe I I also think Hodges is willing to see that he's not just a student. Like Ben is not just a student that Hodges should write off as this is a kid who should be weeded out. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like Ben is the one who opened his eyes to this, Mm -hmm. but what, what shook him was the fact that Trevor was in the coma, but the person he connected with through this is Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see him because I mean, let's admit Trev may be in a coma, but he's still a douche. So he's not a serious student the way that Ben is. I think, I think if Hodges, I, I don't know. We don't know right necessarily at this point, like why Hodges wants to be a professor and to teach students. But I think 
I would imagine it would be more rewarding to teach somebody who's working hard and wants to be taught and wants to yeah. learn from you. And Ben is really trying to do that. You know, like he's, he's actually, sometimes it comes out weird and sometimes he's late to a class, but like, boy, this is a kid who's trying. And mm -hmm. I think maybe there's reward in that somewhere for Hodges. Um, and there probably was earlier in his career. And, but again, over time, it's, it's tough to be the one who has to weed people out, you know? Yeah. Uh, what I like about the end of the scene is that as Hodges leaves, Ben sits where Hodges was sitting. Yeah. Um, it just felt like an interesting replacement happening there. And then we're going to fade to Al-Anon. We're bookending all of this with Ben telling this story. And, you know, we're back in that dark room and Ben's saying, you know, my dad used to not show up for days at a time. And as a kid, you want to help. And that's why I want to be a doctor. You know, something else that I'm thinking as we're talking about this, um, I wonder to what extent, so like Ben has this conversation with Hodges, who's sort of Ben's dad's stand in. And in a way, this, this like sort of face off that he's having with Hodges is, I wonder if Trevor is sort of standing in for his mom here because Trevor's now become somebody who he has to like protect or take care of. Could be. Um, I don't know. Like, and, and, and him having to take care of or protect Trevor makes him, makes him take this initiative to have a conversation with Hodges. I don't know. I mean, I think it would make the, what he says at the end make more sense to me where he says, you know, um, he wants to be a doctor to make good come out of bad. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now this professor maybe isn't going to do this in the future. And so even though it wasn't great that, uh, that this happened, at least Ben could be the one to help it not happen again in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Ben's going to, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, the rest of it, I don't know, because he had, he, because the sort of switch flipped with Avery, this whole reaching back into when he was a kid and he wanted to fix things. And now he wants to be a doctor because of what happened when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I mean, this feels like a reach for one episode when they've spent like a season, like half a season or, you know, probably half a season at this point between the two seasons mm -hmm. saying it was all about Avery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's why with Avery, I kept sort of saying how many times did he have to, like, even in that moment when he was leaning over Avery at the party immediately after she had been shot, I was asking, like, I wonder how many times he had to tend, although we don't think his mom was ever shot by his dad, 
Like how many times was she lying on the floor injured? And, you know, Ben went over to her to try to like figure out what was going on and help her. Um, So even with that, I think I was already starting to think of Avery as like a sort of a device to flash back to his mom a little bit. Um, Could be. I don't know if I keep carrying that thread, which nobody, nobody ever put there. I'm just putting it there myself. <laughs> uh, you know, it makes it kind of interesting, but Ben's yeah. going to go in and he's going to see Trevor who's currently watching a nature show. And Ben informs him that they, he, you know, they're back in Hodge's class now. Worked out pretty well for Trevor. Guess so. Gosh. And then Ben's like, let's be lab partners. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> ask yeah. for reassignment um yeah gosh but that makes sense with the whole his new hero complex is focused on trevor kind of yeah oh, i did boy. like i did like the fact that felicity was waiting in the hospital mm-hmm. when ben gets out um and this whole you know they sort of fade out with them uh walking hand in hand and she's continuing to be supportive even though she's got this huge secret that she needs to tell yeah i thought this was beautifully done like he sees her he smiles she in profile she see the profile of her she smiles they're walking hand in hand Mm slow-mo um it's beautiful it was great i wish that was the last scene because the actual last scene i didn't care for well, this is where they bookended again with the um, Ben finishing his story to this Al-Anon group. He says, I, I now, like, he now realizes, like, I can do this. It's actually not about who's the best student. It's about who cares the most. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true, um, especially when you're dealing with things like the medical profession. I would rather have somebody who knows what they're talking about and is really good at their job than who cares the most because honestly like the surgeons and doctors that i know need to have professional distance um from their their patients in order to like get through the day so i just i kind of feel like this was a bit of a i don't know i think there's a immature in my in my experience of like people in different aspects of medical care or when you have something go wrong and you need to be fixed. I have had the, the, the absolute best people that I've worked with or people who were actually willing to say what is happening for you right now. And let me figure out what that means and understanding that they're still practicing their profession. The people who have been like, I know my job are the ones who screwed me up the most. Um, because they were completely unwilling to look at anything past their like very paint by numbers, like procedures. And it was like, no, I did my job. Right. That's it. You should be fine. I'm not though. (laughs) I mean, saying that helps me 0%. Like, thank you for your nothing that you gave me. So I think like, I think having someone with some humility is great. But I think at the end of the day, I'd rather have someone who's good at their job than someone who personally cares about me in the medical field. I've learned that I need to have both if I have enough time to 
to like not interview, but if I have enough time to get a sense of somebody, I'm not going to go with somebody who's just saying, I know how to do, I know how to fix you. I'm going to go with somebody who's saying, I will, I know how to fix you. And I'm going to listen to like what you know about your body in the process. And we're going to find the right way together. Like I would much, much rather have that. And I think what Ben's saying here. Um, yeah, I do think you need to have like a, a, ta- a level of talent and a level of proficiency with your job. And it's not just about who cares, but I do think that, um, but I think that he is being driven by something that I want uh, medical professionals who deal with me to be driven by. So, yeah, I mean, know. having purpose, like getting purpose, um, from your career, I think is important. And, mm-hmm. you know, that part I'm completely fine with. And I would say the the person who is actually listening to their patients is the better professional, but it's not necessarily uh, the same thing to listen mm-hmm. to your patients and to like interpret things and to have humility and to try different things and uh, to like, personally get involved with them and and care about them in that like personal way and maybe ben is saying like the person who cares most about the profession um yeah i think the way i am passionate about it yeah i think that's how i'm interpreting this with ben like like just being talented um to him isn't necessarily the measure anymore it's like but do you really want it um I, th- I think he's now adding that into the mix as well. And he really does want it. He is almost definitely not the most talented person in that class, but he wants it. And, you know, he's the guy, he's the only guy who stayed in the lab overnight until, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the so others didn't need to do goo. that. Yeah. Like I, He's putting a lot in. He's he's willing to go extra miles that other people aren't, but they might not need to because they might have gotten it on the first try. So it's kind of like this really well, tricky. And also he's trying to do four years in two. So let's that remember is, that too. That is just to me still, uh, you kind of have to watch this season and eventually put that out of your brain. You know, like that, they're just asking us to accept an impossibility in you know and i i picked that bone (laughs) the first episode that we talked about it but it's still an issue um yeah it is gosh well i i accept it why not let's 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 just accept it let's just do it will fish uh do you have a you're the worst for this one yeah except i think i already did it that's okay um kind of already did my rant but uh i have so many characters in this show so fish let's get into it who into the you're the worst segment yeah so i i think y'all have already heard me say this but it is those righteous holier than thou freaking art 10 students they are the worst i mean max worst 
fantastic is sweetness. Love sweetness. But Max, no, just shut up. Don't care what you have to say about commodification of anything. Uh, that girl, whatever her name was, also shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave you the whole speech about how you can starve, whatever. And look what look what you made happen. You you made Felicity like ha- feel like she had to make a statement and show up in this red dress, which is now. I think going to lead to Cavallo creeping on her, which just, we don't need that. So in summary, everyone in Art 10, shut up, because you're the worst. Art 10 students, you're the worst. Yes. I hear you. I agree. I'm not feeling great about them. No. But you know who I am feeling great about fish? Our listeners. Our listeners, indeed. We're now up to the after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. Exciting. Where we hear from all of you. So we've got a couple couple thoughts on sort of stuff from earlier this season. And and the first one we got was from at Colleen.Tenbus, who says about us. I was so glad someone finally called out Megan and Sean for taking over Elena and Tracy's wedding. Elena (laughs) is much bigger person than I would be in that situation. Yeah. (laughs) I guess she's not using it, but at the same time, come on. Wow. Boldness, the boldness of it all. (laughs) Who ended up paying for that wedding? You know, it's just like, wow. I mean, I think it's probably Elena. Probably Elena, <laughs> but I'm not sure that's how that should have played out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who did they just eat the wedding cake? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That that probably could have caused some drama. They just d- didn't go there in this show. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Fish, we, we have somebody who very much agrees with a point you've been putting out here. Um, I think this is particularly in regard to Ben in episode one, but we've seen different flashes of this. From at Ruby and Simba 13, this to me is another example of Ben's rage. He just can't help himself from raging at Felicity when his life isn't going right. His anger and rage would make me run a million miles away but she seems to take it in stride, which I don't get. She never says to him, it's not okay to scream at me and punch things around me. I would choose Ben if it weren't for his abuse. And I guess one of the scenes that strikes me with that might be like the deal with the printer. Hmm. Um, but that's Ruby and Simba 13's. I mean, I was still thinking of last season i guess with the the lamp i mean the whole lamp thing really mm-hmm. bothered me mm-hmm. um but i also know that there was uh somebody who was calling me out on the knoll um the whole knoll thing from i always forget the name of this one the black and white episode yeah yeah um, love, help for the love, love lorn. Help for the love lorn. Yeah. Yeah. Who was basically saying, um, you know, if if this was real life, 
then, you know, I wouldn't be okay with the way that Noel is acting. And that's 100% correct. Um, you know, it's the fact that it's a Twilight Zone episode in black and white, and it's like, you know, Noel's shirtless. I mean, let's admit it, he's shirtless. Um, and being, you know, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't actually really threaten her, but I guess he's being threatening. I don't know. But yes, the, whoever said that was correct. If if Noel actually started, like, you know, deadpan, just like walking towards Felicity and like trapping her against a chair, I would also be against that. So the thing is, I am remembering Noel doing that type of stuff in season one. I remember him when uh, when she when she has a conversation with him about her sleeping with Eli and he's holding a magic eight ball. And she's like, and I think she says, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something like, you know, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, like a, an intentional thing that she meant to be doing long term. And, and he's like, then what the hell was it? And he throws the eight ball. Yeah, he did. Um, I have this really visceral memory of him being so angry. And he also got super drunk and... I don't know if we're going to say he tried to rape her, but he was being very sexually aggressive with her and she was saying stop and she had to push him off the bed. So yeah. I remember these moments. I don't know if we've seen stuff like that from Noel in seasons two or three. I'm trying to remember with yeah. Ruby. I mean, I 100% picked Ben in season after season one. Yeah. I was like, I didn't remember all of this terrible stuff about Noel from I feel like season one Noel he's he was terrible I, I, mean, I was yeah they, Noel had moments where I felt like if we're gonna say Ben looks angry Noel felt that same way to me I don't know if it's happened much since has did anything like that happen with Ruby when Ruby told him that it wasn't so. his baby no he, right yeah no, he was very passive with Ruby because she was so adoring, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think that was their dynamic. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't feel like he needed to puff out his chest yeah. because she never challenged him. Yeah. And then um, Natalie, I don't really feel like he ever did that type of stuff yeah, with her. Yeah, I don't think he cared enough. I mean, for me, I think the, the big difference between Ben and Noel is that, okay, so yes, Noel threw the magic eight ball. He's been pushy, but what we haven't seen is Noel put a guy in the hospital. Like it just, it's, I understand that like the two of them are actually similarly sized, mm -hmm. but the way that the Noel character is written seems like it's written for a guy who would not actually be able to do the physical things that Ben can and just doesn't come off as as, as threatening. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. he comes off as threatening sometimes, but not as much as Ben. For, yeah. it seems like physical reasons, but Scott Foley is a big guy. 
So it's it's a weird yeah. dynamic in between the two, like the way it's written and then the actual physicality of the actors. I would it say yes to that disconnect. with the exception of those scenes from season one, because I felt absolutely as threatened by Noel in that as I would have by Ben. Yeah, also, all of season one, Noel is an issue. <laughs> also, like, and I know that you and I kind of came down a little differently on this, but season... Was it season three, Noel, with Jane? Yeah. Uh, bothered me in a very different way, although he wasn't physically abusive. He was physically threatening because he was stalking her so much, um, I think. Yeah. If but I Ben were... also decided to stalk Felicity, and Felicity held Ben's blood and followed him across the country. So if we're not okay with stalking... Yeah. <laughs> you're watching the wrong show. That was... That to me, though, was an escalation of a behavior we've seen other characters do. Like, I think, okay, Felicity moves across country. Todd Mulcahy goes across country. Ben is uh, uh, definitely positioning bushes. himself more around Felicity. Noel's level of manipulation was yeah. an escalation of that, I think. And I mean, the lying on top of it, it was like, Oh no, I just happened to love this thing. You don't, I always go to this senior center. Like what, what, what is yeah. like, it was just, he was so he was sinister like, to me. He was doing the real life version of catfishing. I mean mm. that. Yeah. It was a lot, you know, it was a lot. My, by the end of the show, I, um, you know, if you ask the Ben versus Noel situation by the end of this show, I think I think I still prefer Ben, but I think I kind of don't know that any of these relationships look healthy to me, like, at all. Um, but let's also remember, Felicity isn't exactly the ideal girlfriend either. Yeah, she's... Like, everyone has she's flaws. She's been super problematic, so I think... I, I think... I, like, I don't know that I want to present this show to people as a picture of a healthy, what I would like to see as a healthy relationship. Like, I don't think that's where I would go with this. Although I don't know there are a lot of shows you can do that with, because I think every show has to, like, you have to have some you drama. You have to have drama, yeah. Yeah. So there's always going to be an element of that. But I think that, um, I don't know that there's, like, necessarily a, a health to any of this. But I will say, if I take it away from the conversation about what's better for Felicity or what's better as a relationship versus what's better for these guys. So, like, I think that the relationship with Felicity and the journey that we're seeing Ben go on in the context of that relationship think that she's making him a better person or he's becoming a better person in the process. I think that Felicity is a terrible thing for Noel. Every second of almost yeah. every day, I think that Noel is like the worst version of himself whenever he thinks he can be with Felicity um, mm -hmm. almost always. I mean, I think there are moments in season one where he's okay but i think that she is torturing him and that he is like not like i think that he bring she brings out in him um a self-doubt and a need to a need um 
uh, an obsessiveness. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there are things about him that seem to be heightened when she's with him or when he thinks he might be with her that I, I just don't like it for him. And um, it's really hard for me to argue the, the way I could say, I think that, you know, the Felicity's presence has overall helped Ben get on a better track. I don't really feel the same for Noel. So it's a different way of looking at the question. Um, was it Felicity that got Ben on a better track? I mean, seems like it was more the Avery thing, which she was. I think you, you know, could make a case that. Uh, I think this journey with Ben began in season two, really. I mean, yeah, okay, they went on a road trip at the end of season one. All right, fine. But, like, then he he can't be with, like, he, you know, he he breaks up with her or whatever happens at the start of season two. And he spends, you know, he spends time with Maggie and he goes through all this stuff. And I think his process of getting back to Felicity, which you could argue was not healthy in terms of, like, Pavone kept saying, you know, like, what are you doing for you? What do you want from your life? It's not just about getting back to Felicity. What do you want for you? Um, I think that was a first step in his journey of trying to figure out how to be a, the, the ver- like the better version of himself that could be with a girl like Felicity, or specifically Felicity. Um, and Pavone was then saying, I want to see more than that mm-hmm. for you. Like, I, I want you to take this to another step. So I think even in season two, I think the combo of him trying to get back to Felicity and, or trying to be worthy of Felicity and Pavone saying, it's not just about that. Um, he started on a journey of finding his way. And I think that journey evolved a lot in season three with the introduction of Avery, with the medical trauma, you know, with the, um, then with the EMT program, and now we get to where he is now. I don't think he could be where he is now without any of those things. Um, yeah, but I also don't know that it was actually Felicity that mm-hmm. did any of that. I think a lot of it was, you know, him driving his own self-worth. Yeah. Uh, and and he, I don't think he really had a good picture of who Felicity was when he was you know, trying to get back to her. It, it wasn't actually Felicity. It was just this ideal that he had and around he, which he was then building his own self-confidence. Yeah. And maybe he had that in common with Noel that they were both, they both had this version of her that was maybe like a, an idealized or a symbolic version of her yeah. that was inspiring them to either, I think in Ben's case, he wanted to be better for this idealized version that he had of her. And I think on the flip side of that, I think Noel wanting Felicity often tended to bring out the worst in Noel. Yeah. And, and I think similarly to how he is with Jane, it's his, yeah. um, he's not overcoming his lack of self-confidence. He's succumbing to it. Yeah. And it it is manifesting in very uh, creepy and unfortunate ways. Yeah. And then I think well, which one of these guys is better for Felicity? And what I've been saying the whole Eli. time is, well, but also she just doesn't <laughs> learn. She never learns. She's not changing. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, lock your door. Um, you know, take take advantage of 
opportunities don't break the law like all the time like every season stop doing that yeah yeah <laughs> i mean yeah she she does some stuff with her parents and fine but like of all the journeys i think ben is by far changing the most to this point yeah for all oh, for sure you might i, I don't know we're going to see some stuff from Noel later that I don't know. I still think Ben changes the most, but I think you could make a case that Noel makes some changes. Um, I mean, I have yet to refer to anybody else as old man or old woman. Character <laughs> name. Um, and I don't see him as an old man. I really give don't. him a minute. Okay. The journey I mean, once, is only part way. Once there. he gets into like some flannel and some comfy, like some comfy uh, slippers and he starts playing chess out in the park and uh, trimming his nose hair and ear hair, then I will. <laughs> He's going to get closer to that than he is now. Okay. By the end of this. He's like wrapped in a shawl, drinking some soup. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, he's not going to go all the way there, but <laughs> he's, you know, there's more journey to be had for Ben. Um, okay. Like some might argue a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard for me to think of him as an old man because, yes, he's calming down a bit and focusing a bit. But to me, that just makes him sexier, not older, um, like not 90 year old, older. Yeah. 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 Well, if we measure it in, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I, Intensity. I, I just want to let this part simmer in your brain, but okay. yeah, I don't know. Kind of interesting to take our temperature on where we are with this stuff now. We'll see. Yeah. That really brought out a lot of comments. Thank you, Ruby and Simba. Did Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> you may have hated the direction we went, but we did it anyway. <laughs> we did it for you. So fish, we need to rate this episode. Um, did you want to start with that or did you want me to start? Who went first last time? I don't know. Well, then I say you go first. Sure. Okay. I measured this one in the unit of stolen scarves. Oh, okay. I desperately nice. wanted to bring the bullfighter back one more time. Nice. Um, I gave this, you know, I'm going to stick with what I originally thought with this. 8.8 .8 out of 10 stolen scarves. I liked this way more than I thought I was going to. I thought the vast majority of this was an excellent display of inventive camera work, of beautiful symbolic storytelling. Um, I was fascinated by the deep dive we got into Ben and how they did that. I think it's appropriate the way Felicity is a, like a supporting character to Ben in this particular episode, because that's what she's trying to be because she made a big mistake. Um, I loved some of those camera choices, like the jail easels, you know, just, just stuff like that really struck me. The, the sp very specific lack of light in the Ben scenes. Um, I am tickled by Professor May. <laughs> uh, even though we will never see her again, I just enjoyed her so much. Uh, I thought a lot of that stuff was great. Why 1.2 off? Because of everything to do with Lionel Richie. 
<laughs> I just can't. Um, to go from the depth of storytelling with Ben and Hodges and even Trevor, like mm -hmm. the dad issues, they're kind of with all of those characters, to a Lionel Richie plug where he doesn't sing. He has a conversation in front of a urinal and does not seem to be into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is happening on this show? How can those things be in the same episode? And they were just like, Stan, <laughs> <laughs> here's your assignment. Um, oh my God. So 8.8 .8 out of 10 stolen scarves. If not, if not for the whole Lionel Richie bit, I, you know, this would be a really special episode, <laughs> but, you know, eh, such yeah. is life. I mean, I wasn't as bothered by the Lionel Richie stuff because I just, I don't know. Uh, I was bothered by other things, I guess. I was like, all right, well, this happened. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> For me, I would say the music really bugged me. And I get that that's different. Um, but in the version that I was listening to, the music in this episode was horrible. Um, and that really took me out of a, a number of scenes and probably didn't pull me into the Ben scenes as much as uh, your version did. But I agree. I, I love the the journey that the professor makes, Hodge, Hodges, mm -hmm. I keep forgetting his name, so I just call him the professor, but I realize there are multiple professors. Mm -hmm. um, the journey that he makes and the way that Ben allows him to make that journey, I think is very interesting. I did really enjoy many of the, the shots and the way that the episode was directed. Um, I mean, even some of the stuff with Trevor and his douchiness continuing. I mean, he's he's a he's being a character. Uh, they have given him <laughs> they've given him an unlikable character to be, and he is being unlikable. Um, so, the stuff with Megan and Sean. I don't know. I thought that was a little forced you know, with the people coming in that looked exactly the way that Megan did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the trendsetter randomly seeing them on the street. Um, I Yeah, I thought that stuff was a little forced. But it's a Halloween episode. And there were Halloween decorations and costumes and a party. So for that alone, you know, it's going to get a high rating for me. So I am at 8.5 out of 10 gloves. We were very close. We were, we were pretty close on this one, yeah. We're at 8.5, I was at 8.8. .8. Not too far off there for different yeah. reasons, which is part of the course for us. It is. Yeah, I really, you know, the Hodges stuff I find so impressive because me, I don't know, I haven't counted episodes for all of these characters, but Hodges probably gets about the same number of episodes as like a McGrath. Um, but with McGrath, I think McGrath is like what four or five. Yeah, I think it was probably somewhere along those lines, right? And they don't really change McGrath. 
we find out more information about him, but they're like, here's who you are. Be that. Hodges actually has to go on an entire arc from even in just this one episode. But I think if you take it back to his very first, like the first time Ben meets him, Hodges is locking him out of class, mm-hmm. you know, and then we get an episode with him and, you know, Ben's screwing up the lab and Hodges is all, you have to figure this out on your own. And we start there and we've got this Hodges now who's going to be probably a lot softer to Ben and maybe Trevor, you know. We at least have seen how he's interacting with Ben. So what is that then going to look like? We'll see, because it is going to go somewhere. But um, they gave this actor a journey in the episodes, not just like say these lines, which I think is super cool. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a good one. And had the music been different, I honestly think it like if I watched the same version you did, it probably would have gotten it like a nine or maybe even a little bit above. If I could break myself from my point fives um, for me. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to hear all of your feedback. That's what we want to do. So send us your feedback or your Felicity fan art or your, I don't know, Ben versus Noel thoughts or your Hodges thoughts or your Megan and her sock shirts thoughts. Do you like her sixties? I don't know. Tell us what you think. You can do that by writing to us at the Melissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L two S's the Melissafish at gmail.com. You can also get amongst it, have figure out what all the people are talking about, about Felicity on these Felicity streets on our Instagram at Felicity podcast. Also, we've got a newsletter. If you're ever wondering when we drop new episodes of the podcast, you can find out by signing up the newsletter, wherever you're listening to this podcast, check your show notes. The link is in there. And while you're there, write and review us because the more people do that, the easier it is for other Felicity fans to find this content. Fish. Mm -hmm. Next time we are going to talk about an episode called oops, Noel did it again. What do what? you think Oops, Noel did it again is going to involve? <sighs> I'm really sad. I feel like the titles have gone downhill in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> did not enjoy booze. I did not enjoy Britney Spears references. Um, okay, well, what did Noel, what has Noel done? I mean, he slept with Felicity. Um that would that would be bad if they slept together again. I don't think that's what happens. Um, oops, Noel did it again. What other big things has Noel done? Noel, what have you done? Uh, he's gotten married. That's not going to happen. He's come up with some tech stuff. That's not going to happen. Um. I mean, he's probably just going to, like, blab to someone. I mean, at some point, this whole he slept with Felicity thing has to come out. I mean, it's got to. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're starting to get pretty far into the season, and they still have to, like, wrap it all around again. So that's going to be my guess, is that somehow he blabs, 
and Ben finds out that they slept together. Okay. All right. That's Fish's prediction for Oops, Noel did it again. Yes. Subject to change. You if played I think with your heart. Else. Got lost in the game. Oh, baby. All right. Anyway, so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Look, Britney Spears is a big deal around this time, okay? Yeah. Really? She still is. Really big deal. But never more so, <laughs> I think, than around, oops, I did it again. Um, No, I, I feel like her first video, maybe it's just me because, uh, unfortunately, at that point in time, I had to wear the plaid skirts to go to school. Uh -huh. and people and we had an open campus and people started coming on to said open campus uh it was creepy it was real creepy what was her first video um her first video i thought that i thought the thing that you're referencing was oops i did it again oh is it crap so. what's the one in the red where she was wearing the red suit, full body suit. It was not that it was, it was not, oops, I did it again. Oh, that's the oh, one. Maybe I was it was. Of. Hold on a second. That, that was the one. Yeah. The red body suit is oops. I, it's baby one more time. Oh, hit me baby one more time. You're yeah. right. You're right. We're kind of like, sorting it out. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love me some Britney, so, uh, but also some Christina. So I'm not yeah, going to solve was a that big debate. Battle at that point. That's for yeah, sure. Um, I look. I have opinions on NSYNC v. Other, um, other bands like Backstreet Boys, but yeah. I do not. I, I, oof, I am not going to solve the the Christina Britney. Yeah. Okay, I, you're right. Baby, baby, one more time. 1999. Oops, I did it again. 2000. You're right. Yeah. Or that was the disc discography. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, what did I just achieve by bringing all this up? Nothing. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Anything else to say about this one, Fish? I just want to give one more plug to Caribbean Rhomboid and anyone who would like to. Uh, to join our, you know, non-meeting, non-practicing group of Calypso slash kazoo and mouth mm -hmm. kazoo. Yeah. Or mouth trumpet players. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there it is. Right there. That's how, that's the quality that you can. Yeah. <laughs> we welcome you. Yeah. Uh, really well done. Well placed plug. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right, fish. Until next time. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.